The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. I cannot believe you did this. Why? It's not like you don't deserve it. Miss Vanderwasser, would you like to explain? <laughs> no, of course, Dean Baruby. Peter Famine was a man that I knew. Man slash dealer. Mrs. Waldorf, let us speak. Uh, yeah, he died almost two years ago when I was with him. What happened was a tragedy, and I'm filled with regret over it. But I was not responsible. Were you responsible for the sex tape? Blair! It wasn't very sexy if you ask me. Blair, that's enough. Let go. Dean Baruby, uh, do you mind if we um, sort this out privately, please? Oh, yes, yes. Take all the time you need. Thanks, Dean Baruby. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, sweetie pie. I'll take another kiss later. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of The Lonely Boys. My name is Matt. I am one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to discuss Season 2, Episode 7 of Gossip Girl, Chuck in Real Life. But I'm not here by myself. Of course I'm not. That would be ridiculous. I am here with someone who would never miss curfew or forget to wear underwear. Brendan Ruppel, never a pleasure. Hello. You're wrong about that. I forgot to wear underwear. I am, of course, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dale Hilda Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the Crematorium. Commando. I think you have to add that to the end of your introduction every every week now and just (laughs) clarify. Well, maybe not, but at least specify whether you are commando or are not commando every week. Okay, it can change either week, but okay, that that might be a new addition. Really isolating our audience, really confusing the guests when they come on, just as as much as possible. Um, Speaking of guests. I think more or less, it's going to be commando more so than not. All right. Well, you cut off my genius segue. I was about to say, speaking of guests, we have a guest. Ooh. Oh, oh shit! I, I'm Ooh. sorry to interrupt that one. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say we've been we've been having so many uh, really great uh, iconic podcasters come on and really discuss mm-hmm. Gossip Girl with us. But I've been getting I, you haven't been reading these, but I've been getting the emails from people, and they've been saying enough with the podcasters takes. When you heard one, oh. you've heard them all. We want to hear what the weathermen have to say about Gossip yes. Girl. So <laughs> I said, okay, I know just the guy. I reached all the way back into my contacts, found the best weatherman I could think of, and invited him. <laughs> to the podcast so please please welcome mike slifer weatherman extraordinaire mike slifer how are you (laughs) oh i am great it's fantastic to be here and uh i'm excited to give you all of my hot takes that's a weather pun oh and we can all my uh, rainy takes ah shit doesn't work that well (laughs) yeah you know it it just doesn't flow quite as well 
No. Surprised Brenda didn't have the soundboard ready to give a round of applause to that one. Uh, you know, I'm always worried I'm going to hit the wrong button. So and I'm you always do. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Get him out of here. Well, it usually ends up being the, uh, the horn. The yeah. sad trombone. <laughs> As I said, Slifer, the, uh, and, and not to confuse the audience, I usually do just call him by his last name, Slifer. So you might be wondering, I thought his name was Mike, but no, I call him Slifer. Much yeah, you like, call him Slifer. Much like Scally was recently on, I usually call him Scally. So I don't want to confuse people uh, in case we have a bunch of Nates listening and they can't figure out what's going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Slifer, they, uh, like I said, everyone to hear what the weatherman had to say. You are a, you are a great weatherman for the, for the state of Maine. I... I Colin Stone is usually recent friend of the pod. Is usually the main expert on all podcasts, but I think he has some competition with you because uh, you you are also a main person at least currently. That is true. Uh, I, I I like to think I have some knowledge of the state of Maine, but you know my roots are in mm. Connecticut. I can pull out fun yes. facts about Connecticut all day long. I could probably only get to like halfway through the day for Maine. <laughs> So when you're up in Maine, and here's a good question: Do you feel like <laughs> thank you're you for the, flagging the that main, up, Brandon? The, do you think you you feel like you're the main character? Oh my uh, god! Yes, and uh, that is womp, with and womp, without the womp. e. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I'll give it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brandon made sure he hit the right one for that one. I didn't hit that. That was my my cat <laughs> came by and <laughs> towed that with her paws. Well, you and you and Colin, the New England boys, can fight over who gets to be the expert of the pod here. Um, and I, I can't wait to, for you to use your, your weather expertise to guide us through this episode. Uh, for those wondering why the hell you're here, like, th- this is not anyone we know from any podcast. Who is he? Like, uh, well, me and Slifer famously went to a university at Albany together. And uh, we were kind of, uh, if I do say, we were kind of the Serena and Blair of Albany, I think. If, uh, if you, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair fair comparison. I was, I mean. So maybe equally attracted to both of you then. Yeah, there you go. Slifer, uh, his, his last <laughs> well, that, name. That's how we measured that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Slifer, so everyone was calling him S. You know, no one was really calling me B. That uh, would make sense. But G is kind of close. And I, I, we had a similar relationship where I, where I both hated and loved Slifer, and was also jealous of him and and wanted him to die. You know, similar stuff to that. <laughs> I, I don't think we've gotten to that part of the. I guess wanted him to die was just to... an, an editorializing. Yeah, That's something that you personally just felt like towards. <laughs> yeah, him. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a little fun fact, you know. Yeah. The love and hate burns deep within all of us. Me and me and Blair specifically, though we have we feel our emotions so strongly here. Uh, but but glad glad to have you here, Slifer. Um, oh yeah. I, we we ask all of our guests this: uh, what their Gossip Girl story is. Um, have you watched any Gossip Girl besides this one episode? No. That's good. Good. Good stuff. <laughs> but you did you, you did want to be on the podcast. You did you did you know express interest so i said all right so we we gave you an episode based on when you were available because the life of a weatherman is very busy and um you, you said you you did ask me if it'd be okay if you didn't watch any other episodes and i said that that's more than okay we are really shifting into sometimes having guests that have no idea what's going on and really yeah, seeing it from a from a news perspective so w- with this being your one episode how do you feel about the show so first and foremost i would just like to preface this by saying that my significant other who has seen Gossip Girl from start to finish said that I had some very interesting opinions on the characters because I had such a small lens, Ooh. a small glimpse into uh, what they were doing. But all in all, it was, you know, a relatively enjoyable show. I felt that the uh, dialogue at times was a little awkward, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the acting itself was pretty enjoyable. The storyline was pretty enjoyable. And uh, I definitely have a favorite character 
just oh, in the episode oh. that I saw, but I, I'm uh, going to save that for Vanessa later. Stan. Well, later? Oh, I was going to say it's as if you know the next question, because I usually ask the guests uh-huh. uh, who their favorite and least favorite characters later are. Later meaning in 30 seconds. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, based on the one episode, and if you don't want to reveal yet, that's fine. You can reveal later for a grand reveal, but based on the one episode you've seen, do you have a favorite character or a least favorite character or both? And I'd also love to know uh, your uh, significant other's opinions as well on this. I actually don't know her opinions um, because she told me that now that she's older and has experienced more life, her opinions have shifted. But we can – I'll sit down with her and I can send you guys a full excerpt. Oh, yes. Her, I would love that. She's too feelings. old to tell you about it too? Yes. Say that again. <laughs> You're too immature to understand her takes? <laughs> yes. I will, I will make sure that I uh, understand everything that she's telling me. Um, but personally, my favorite character was Horace. Okay. Well, there, okay. there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I think you're I the only person. Today. I think you're the only person that will ever have on the show that'll have Horace <laughs> as their favorite Gossip Girl character. You know, I think, so you had to have, figure out that he's like a new character slash like not going to be recurring. I mean, I, I'm still new to the show too, but I can't imagine he's going to be around for very long. You know, I kind of got that opinion, and I yeah. feel like when it comes to my favorite characters in shows, I tend to like characters who are either not super significant or, um, <laughs> you know, play just a small role here and there. One of my favorite characters mm-hmm. from How I Met Your Mother was Ranjit. Ah, yes. uh, I love Ranjit. Well, he's a, he's a great recurring character, probably the, the best recurring character of the show. Yeah, but I, definitely not of which, one of the mains. Right. Um, this this kind of leads me to one, something I wanted to get into today a little bit. I think it was something we should start measuring is uh, this stat I'm going to bring up here. So Slifer is uh, a guest of The Lonely Boys who's house i have spent the most hours sleeping in oh i was any of the guests we've had so far i was actually gonna bring that up with they i i told them how me and slyford know each other through obviously uh yeah i in freshman year i was placed in the second floor of uh, of cooper hall in albany and slyford was placed on the third floor and just because you know ganesh and sanchez lived on the third floor as well i was always hanging out on the third floor slyford was there the rest is history uh-huh. but the way brendan knows uh slyford he <laughs> before ever meeting slyford he, he just showed up at his house and spent a weekend there <laughs> isn't that right <laughs> yep. brendan? and we we watched a lot of how i met your mother that, so that's that's how i remember it It was a great weekend of just sleepovers and ska music yeah, yeah there's a lot of ska it, music it was winter break. You know, we missed. We didn't get to see the concert we were going to see. But we, we did not. That got canceled. But it was yeah. <laughs> winter break, I think, of our sophomore year. And I was planning on going to Slifer's house to see a concert that was going to be nearby. You know, one of those classic ska concerts that we were so fond of going to. And oh, yeah. I just told Slifer, oh, Brendan wants to come, too. So he's going to come. And Slifer had never met Brendan in his life. Brendan had never met Slifer. But he said, <laughs> OK, he can come and sleep in my house. And Bring so, him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just don't just don't tell my mom that I don't know you because she might have a problem. <laughs> she might have a problem. With you. And <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully Mrs. Slifer is not listening to this podcast right now because yeah. the, the jig is up if that's the case. Oh, yeah, you know, you're grounded for sure. I wouldn't be shocked if my mom was actually one of your diehard listeners. She's <laughs> She just has some very niche interests. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, okay, so I, I do understand why uh, your girlfriend said that the Horace take was, was an interesting one for favorite Gossip Girl character. Uh, do, do, you have, do you have a least favorite character after one episode of the show? Yes, um, so... She was surprised by this. Personally, my least favorite just from that episode was Blair. Ah, wow. All right. I'm on. I'm on team. I'm on her team because I. I guess I'm not surprised. It's not the strongest episode yeah, for it's not Blair. Her, not but, her best yeah. episode. But oh man, you've come onto the wrong podcast because I am the biggest Blair fanboy in the world, and even Brendan has. Uh, really, he started off as a big Serena guy, but has been has been turning oh, yeah. more and more into a Blair super fan at, with each episode. 
But if this is my first episode with her, I think I would maybe feel the same way. Without context, I think yeah. she might come off as annoying here. But she's more just lovable in this episode to people <laughs> that do like her. <laughs> now, do you I, uh, explain yourself, I feel, Slifer? I felt Defend as yourself. though she was just very manipulative the entire way. That's and our I understand that that's part of the part, part of her charm, possibly in other episodes. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you know, in my opinion, you can't be like, "Hey, Chuck, you need to seduce Vanessa. Like, I want you to bang this girl." And we're going to humiliate her and it's going to be the funniest thing. And then all of a sudden when it starts happening, be like, whoa, okay, hold on. This is <laughs> this is one step too far. What do you mean you're going to actually seduce her and fuck her? I thought that this was just a ruse. Um, if you're going if, if to make a bold decision like that, you got to follow it through. Mm-hmm. See, this is the chess match that her and, and Chuck play. And sometimes one wins and sometimes the other wins. And this time uh, Chuck seems to have uh, had the upper hand here. And she was, she was backpedaling. He did, for sure. yeah. yeah the, the tables were very much turned in this episode. And I, I think, yeah, obviously all these are fair points with Blair. As I said, she doesn't have the best episode. But just the fact that, you know, she was trying to humiliate Vanessa. I'm always going to be I'm always going to be and down to And was... she was trying to humiliate Vanessa <laughs> and also get some D in the process. Yeah, exactly. She um, True, true. So I guess with, with all that being said, let's let's get into some more specifics as we as we get into the episode. Here, here we are. Chuck in real life. Vanessa uses this scandalous picture of Catherine and Marcus to blackmail Blair into being a nicer person. So Blair seeks revenge by enticing Chuck to seduce Vanessa. Eric introduces his new boyfriend Jonathan to Serena and Blair. Lily and Bart throw an extravagant housewarming party and expect their children to make them proud in front of the attending press, but a rebellious Serena is not ready to play by their rules. Meanwhile, Dan and Jenny discover a big secret that Nate has been keeping from his friends. Brendan, I mentioned the title again. It's called Chuck in Real Life. Here is your big moment. Do you know oh, what the title is referencing uh i'm rooting for mm. you brandon i'm rooting for you and, it, and if you heard that oh shit fans um that's me again forgetting about this part of the show how ambitious uh, of you <laughs> to assume that we have fans and not just listeners that struggle Other to get fans. through this podcast <laughs> uh, i'm sure they all put it on 5x um <laughs> they had to download a plugin to make it happen too but um I, I don't have this one at all. Sometimes I have like a silly guess, but I, I can't even muster up one of those. Wow. I was really rooting for you. Chuck you came out strong. Life. You got the first four correct in a row. Now you're 0 for your last three. Four for seven overall. Uh, Slifer, do you know the movie that this title is referencing? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. I, you know, I thought this was a, a more known movie. It is, of course, the classic 2007 film Dan in Real Life starring Steve Carell and Dane Cook. Whoa! Oh, no, I, those I, are big I, names. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I mean, Dane Cook certainly was a big name. He's definitely fell off the face of the earth since then. I don't, he was in like every movie from like 2005 to 2008, and then just like I don't know, a lot of work. Then just decided to start dating 19 year olds instead. But um, <laughs> this, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know it by like the movie poster where it's Steve Carell maybe. with his head down on a stack of pancakes. <laughs> no, stack like pancakes. Exactly. Exactly. That's where they got the name. Are you? Oh my god! I, I can't believe it either. It's um. Definitely not a great so movie, was, but I definitely was did. that review episode of Pancakes Divorce Pancakes in reference to Dan in real life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Well, very disappointing that no one has heard of this movie. Sound off in the comments if you've heard of it. I definitely am not a fan of the movie. It's pretty boring, especially for having uh, two of my favorite people at the time. Dane Cook, not one of my favorite people currently, but uh, back at the time, he definitely yeah. was. Um, Oh, also, a fun fact about this episode. I saw in the IMDb trivia section that uh, this was such so notable they had to put it on IMDb. This episode takes place on a Friday slash Saturday. 
<laughs> yes, I saw, I saw that. That's kind of nice to know. I saw that tidbit. I'm wondering. I had to include it. Well, the, the original air date was October 20th, 2008. We were all uh, all getting ready for for freshman year Halloween. I guess only uh, only yep. 11 days away from that. So that's that's oh, yeah. exciting for us. Um, was was that the big? That wasn't the big. Uh, the big the, the big Halloween. No, that, oh geez. Oh, save that for when we start when we uh, talk about season three when we were in sophomore year. No, yeah, that that okay. happened in 2009 <laughs> when when we uh, famously had a gun pulled on us on Hall- on Halloween night. But more, on I that, remember yeah. that story. I wasn't there for it, but I remember it. Oh, that was I definitely loved telling that story to uh, you know to all my new friends in college. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's that, def- that might have been one of the first stories you told me actually. I don't even know if I if I got to include the the twist ending at the end because I didn't know if we knew the twist ending yet where. Uh, where, where Ben's sister starts dating the gunman. You know, we'll get into this. The gunman. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah. the listeners are really. And I was like, she started dating him like while he still had the gun out on us too. <laughs> yeah, it was, instant- <laughs> it was instantaneous. <laughs> anyway, it's autumn in New York and in, in the Gossip Girl universe, it feels like it was just summer. Really, we spent like fifteen episodes on summer. So and, much time in summer. And it's unceremoniously flips the switch to fall. Autumn. Yeah, we start with family breakfast at the Vanderwoodsons. Everyone's in attendance this morning. Uh, Bart apparently is even back for the long haul here he's he's absent a lot but he's back here uh we have a big housewarming party tomorrow night uh you know a, as they do they're they're debuting as a family and they need a housewarming party for that <laughs> really any excuse to just throw a party in this show um, oh yeah so <laughs> to debut as a family they've been like a family for yeah. many episodes at this point but now too. bart's home long enough that they can uh finally debut it so yeah <laughs> eric wants to bring his new friend that we've that we've heard about uh famously last episode when serena was like eric has his new friend and <laughs> yeah didn't reveal who and that was. the way lily responded i was worried that this episode would be about lily being homophobic so i'm glad that's not the direction it's yeah. same it's, and I, it's I, yeah. I had that brief moment of like oh no yeah, it's yeah like, here we go. Yeah, we we got okay. all the we got all the brief uh, casual homophobia out in the first season episode where Eric comes out. Uh, Lily yeah. has since come to terms with it. Bart, I, I yeah, it, they really make us seem like we're going to get the Bart homophobia thing, and maybe right. maybe there still was some of it. Uh, still, I mean, I, I guess it, shades it's, of it. Yeah, um, we don't, we didn't see the conversation, so we don't know exactly no, how no. it played out. Eric does but, defend him, but like yeah. kind of points out. I mean, we'll that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so uh, Bart is getting all the kids here. Uh, gifts, including a nice direct deposit into one of Chuck's offshore accounts, which I, I didn't even know Chuck had offshore accounts. So good <laughs> there. Um, Bart, I'm just glad his funds aren't tied up in bonds anymore. Yeah, That's all I'm, yeah I'm exactly. About. He hasn't tied all his funds up in bonds. Um, Bart's definitely not the best dad, as we will see even in this episode. But I, I kind of wish he was my dad because I, I could really use some cash in one of my offshore accounts right now. Not. Yeah, hey, I would, I'd like some onshore accounts. Yeah, he had right, some same. onshore accounts you even. Just, yeah. Direct deposit it to me. I'm ready. Yeah, please do. I'm, <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for that. No, no, I don't need anything else from you. Just keep giving me cash. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start putting my Zelle account on these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should start plugging our Venmos at the end of the episode instead yeah, of our Twitter. I have some rich listeners. <laughs> uh, Chuck's a little concerned. Uh, speaking of money, that he's gonna be getting less money from Bart when he dies because Bar- Bart says uh, something like, "We're a family now, so you know what that means." And Chuck's like, "Less, less money, <laughs> less money when you die." Yeah, like, I like how they, Bart just takes that in stride. Like, that's oh, just yeah. like a normal comment from his new. son to make. <laughs> but uh, Serena. <laughs> is more concerned about the new guidelines do we have the new rules in the family which include uh family dinners every friday eric tries to suggest monday that might make more sense but just gets completely cut off i guess they wanted to stay true to the uh the gilmore girl tradition of the friday night dinners um we also have the weekend curfew of 1 a.m which chuck asks eastern or pacific 
valid question. And also, <laughs> no going out on school nights, and Serena is super pissed about this. So we have all these new rules. Uh, Serena is definitely the most mad about all of them. Eric doesn't really care. He kind of just likes having a family. And Chuck knows He's that the, the best. Chuck knows that the rules don't actually apply to him, so he doesn't really care either. But Serena is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I'm Serena fucking Vanderwoodson. What is going on here? And I, I'd be enraged if I was Serena. the height of her powers, too. Exactly. I'd be enraged if I was her, too, because, like, Serena and, honestly, Eric and Chuck, too, they're, they're all accustomed to, like, a certain set of rules that they've been living by their whole life, and now a new person enters the family, and all of a sudden they have to follow a completely new set of rules. It's like, it was like in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants when the dad gets his new girlfriend or wife or whatever, and all of a sudden they're saying grace at dinner, except, like, <laughs> randomly yeah. randomly having a curfew. Dad, you're pretending to like God now? Yeah, exactly. Except randomly having a curfew in family dinners is, like, so much worse, because you actually have to, like... It is worse. Listen to... Yeah, it's... So I completely get where Serena's Especially and knowing that this guy's going to be around like never again basically he's, he's pretending to be here for uh, an extended period but knowing him he's going to be back and forth and basically never around for these dinners he's making everyone stay for yeah and just enforcing like rules whenever he wants so i completely get where mm-hmm. serena's coming from here yeah as do yeah, i there, there's some teen angst but it's warranted yeah I, it's um... uh that iron fist mentality took me by surprise i have to be honest uh again coming from a a viewpoint of ignorance here when they were like oh Bart's back. I was like, oh, this is clearly somebody who's come and gone. But uh, he comes in like he owns the joint. Oh, uh, yeah, he really These are the rules. Yeah. This is what you got to do. I'm telling you, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No negotiation. And it's like, dude, you're you're not even here. You're not that's, even that's present, clearly. Saying. I mean, Brendan probably liked it because he loves the Iron Fist mentality. But uh, <laughs> just, just to fill you in. So Bart is Chuck's dad. And Lily is Serena and Eric's mom, in case you didn't uh, pick that up. Uh, Lily and Bart get married at the end of... Uh, season one kind of the classic uh bart thinks lily's a nice trophy wife and lily thinks bart is a nice billionaire and even though lily is rich already you know never such thing as too much money we've questioned (laughs) if there if there is any actual love in the marriage but they seem to be getting along fine in this one and that's the thing bart is not a main character he's only a recurring character so he is away for weeks at a time on business trips and so he's he's not there a lot but now he says that he's here for the long haul and that's where all these rules are coming into play um but we also get breakfast at the Humphreys, and uh, of course Vanessa is there at breakfast because she is pretty much living there at that point. Is she ever at yeah. her house, or is she always, like they open the scene and it's not like Vanessa walks in and says, "Hey Dan, ready like ready to start the day or whatever." She's just this, already this there. This could be a whole other plot line where since Vanessa basically stays over at their house every night, now that Nate's going to move in, there could be uh, some uh, some oh, love, oh. A love triangle going on between oh. Nate and Daddy Hump. Yeah, oh. you might have been confused at this slifer, but Vanessa does not live at the loft with uh, the Humphrey family. She is, supposedly has her own house where she or apartment where she lives by herself with no parents and doesn't go to school. But uh, she, well, she might live at Horace's bar, honestly. She, she might, <laughs> since we never actually see her apartment and only see the places where she works at. Like she's probably yeah. just living bar to bar, and the Humphrey. Hey, you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. We've it's really been better set up than Nate's. Yeah, at, at this point, yeah, and we've really we. More crazy that more than one character is living without parents right now. Um, We've really settled into a rhythm with the show where it seems like the first scene is like always breakfast at the penthouse. And then we do the second scene of breakfast at the loft. We see how the the rich billionaire Vanderwoodsons are living. And then we go to the less rich millionaire Humphreys and see see how each uh, family (laughs) starts their day. Uh, So we flag up that Vanessa wants to have some speakeasy like saved and is petitioning to get landmark status you know the, these homeschooled students clearly have a lot a lot of time on their hands as this is what uh Vanessa and Jenny are yeah. into right now as our resident homeschool uh, it's just funny that these two underage kids have such a, a tie to this bar <laughs> they need to yeah. save it <laughs> yeah and like shouldn't Rufus be be saying I, I guess it is I mean 
you know what? <laughs> I scoffed, but I guess knowing that it is a Friday slash Saturday, maybe that's why Rufus isn't telling Jenny to like actually do some homeschooling work uh, instead of see? helping Vanessa with the this. The context so, didn't matter. That's I, why yeah. it was so important. Yes, it makes sense yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Dan is also trying out for the soccer team because half the soccer team got mono for making out with Lauren Goldenberg. And honestly, good for Lauren. Sounds like she <laughs> sounds like Lauren Goldenberg had a hell of a weekend. <laughs> she she uh, hooked up with half the soccer team and just diseased them all. <laughs> um, so the men- uh, can I just really quickly say the mention of uh, a Lauren character, this reminds me of a, a fifth grade story from Mr. DiBiase's class. Uh, I don't know if you remember the the time where so I think Joe Wilson stole my favorite baseball hat and uh-huh. put it in Lauren Chismar's backpack. Yes, of course. Yeah, and then uh, Mr. DiBiase was having a talk with both my parents, and because like, it was a whole big issue where like I needed my hat, so it was my favorite hat. Where's my hat? And, the like, song I, was born. I guess I was making a huge stink about it. Like, <laughs> Mr. D, can you please find my hat? I mean, we wrote an entire little, song like about it. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a, a huge deal in elementary school, but uh, Mr. DiBiase's like. Um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Ruppel, I think Brennan just might have had a little crush on uh, Miss Lauren Chismar, and that's why. And in my head, I'm like, no, you fool. It's obviously Tony and Marie Schiavola. <laughs> you silly, silly man. Really bring so up mistaken. all of our fifth grade classmates on this. Yeah. <laughs> that's Brennan's secret goal is to name drop so, all of them in one episode. He so texted Slifer, me up yeah, aside. Yeah. Slifer, as I said, this, uh, <laughs> this moment really birthed the... The, the beginning of, of a hit song that we'd be singing for years, it started, one person comes in and they go, where's my hat? Where's oh, yeah. my hat? And the next person comes there in, after a few bars of that, oh, Brendan, you want to take the next bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did my hat go? Where did my hat go? Where did my hat go? And that, so it's tough, because <laughs> then, then there's go. a third person that comes in after a few bars of that, and then they come in with, yeah, where did it go? Yeah, where did it go? <laughs> yeah, where did... And it's just that. <laughs> Maybe I could put this together in post. To infinity. <laughs> yeah, tack that onto the end of this podcast. I mean, if you want, right, we could right. try it right now. We do have three people if we want. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's give it the old college try. Slifer, this right. is the first you've Slifer, heard you of want to start with the where's my hat? Oh, yeah, maybe so you can it start. Goes, where's my <clears throat> hat? Where's, where's my, my hat? hat? You take over. Where's my hat? Where's Wait, my hat? Wait, who's coming in next? Right, okay, I'll go. Where's my hat? Where's my Where did my hat, hat go? Where did where's my hat go? Uh, I, where did I messed my it up. Go? You know, Fuck. I was in an it's acapella tough. group. I did it's... music my entire life, and I can't keep a simple beat on a podcast. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's, it's, it's over. You know what, Slifer? So. I was in that acapella group with you, and it has seen some... We, we've I've mentioned a lot on this on this very podcast. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> every, time Jenny's, every time Jenny's acapella group comes up, because she when she was in school, she was in the acapella group. And uh, so every time that they show one of those performances, I have to bring up my own performances as a, as a famous acapella uh member back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the listeners love it and so does brendan everyone everyone loves it um, it's very exciting but, but you know what back to gossip girl i've been saying gossip girl is a sports show now and this is just further proof where dan has this whole soccer plot line now and uh dan and nate also seem to be even better friends now after this yale excursion as it was nate who asked dan to try out so how about that they're having quite the bromance here absolutely uh, and I don't care that much about Nate, but I'm just loving that they're sparking up a friendship. Yeah, it's really funny because there are moments where, Dan, like, and it's obviously just to keep up the ruse that Dan doesn't, like, Dan's pretending he doesn't know about Nate's living situation. So he'll just be, like, over complimentary at points. But it's just so weird that Dan will just be, like, so complimentary of Nate. And Nate just, like, sits there and smiles. Like, if I was Nate, I'd be like, is like, Dan hey, thanks. hitting on me right now? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is, it is like, kind of sexual. Uh, <laughs> I actually thought that one before we got to the end of the episode. Um, I, I was interested in, cause I didn't know who Dan was at the time. And, 
I thought that we were watching like two men try to enter a relationship here, and I was like, oh wow, this is, this is nice, fairly this... progressive for the mid two thousands. Yeah, like, the sparks hey. were flying. Yeah, you thought that Eric and Jonathan were going to be our only representation, but here we go. I mean, we... two hunks going at it. I mean, yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> Same, Who would it? whatever. Who would it? Um, Serena's Serena's venting to Eric. Serena's handling this exactly as I would, and honestly, I would not listen to these rules either. Like she. Like I said, I, and I'm only Matt fucking Gagan. She's Serena fucking Vanderwoodson. I would, if I'm her, yeah. I'm not even like bothering to even entertain these rules. But Eric seems to be defending them, though. They're, he says they're just a few rules. And but the, you know, the underlying problem within this problem is that every time Lily has a new guy, they have to change their lives to fit the new guy's way of life, which is also very frustrating. So it's just another thing where I can like Serena. Maybe she's a spoiled brat. Maybe she's being a rebellious teenager. But like I understand where she's coming from every right. step of the way, and especially like now, like I said, at the head of her powers earlier, like she is like on the rise as far as uh, like that's right. the news cycle goes. She she is more and more popular with she's the, the queen. media, and she's you, on you page don't want to give that up now. Exactly. I would also love to see the era of the show where the Vanderwoodsons converted to Islam briefly, as she discusses <laughs> for one of the guys. <laughs> that is so funny. But uh, poor Eric, uh, and Eric is such a champ too. Just like. I mean, you're right. Serena, Serena is correct, but like, it's so amazing that Eric is just so grounded and mature, and is like kind of like parenting her in a way here. Yeah, he's the little brother, but he, he's fine with all this because like he really just wants a family for once, like, and he really thinks like this is the time. Like, yes, we converted to Islam. We had German Klaus, we had Danish Klaus, we had all those Klauses running around. But this is the one. Like, <laughs> this seems like it could actually be a real family, and that's just what Eric wants. So it's kind of like, like, uh, it's like. Not heart. It's kind of heartbreaking that it's all Eric wants, but also kind of heartwarming yeah. that it, it, Eric thinks he has it now. So it's just I love Eric so much. So it's uh, Slayfer as a, as a new watcher. How well were you able to like follow all of this? Did the show set up the dynamics of all the families and the characters well for a first time watcher? Yes, and I don't know if that's because the writing was a bit expository at times. Right. Um, but mm. I was able to pick up on the clear opinions on what everybody wanted out of a family, and I got the same vibe from Eric that. I don't know, he seemed like a wholesome kid, and he was like, wow, I finally may have this father figure in my life that I've been waiting for, and a stepbrother, and it seemed like he was very optimistic about the whole thing. Yeah. Minus the potential homophobia, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, yes. And, and Eric, he, even, he even takes that well. Yeah, and Eric really yes. is, like, the moral center of the show. He's been shown to be time and time again, um, where pretty much every single character is... Uh, falls off the deep end at some point or is unlikable to an extent at least sometimes where Eric you don't really see that he's always just this like super nice guy that like is calling people out on their shit and telling faithful like and he'll do it with Lily too like he'll just eventually he'll call her out and be like I mean you know Serena's timing was bad but she's kind of right here and and he's the one that's able to get Lily to see like Mm -hmm. the error of her ways so Eric Eric really does play such an old gentle soul an important role and and so Slifer though he is a a, a Recurring character more so than a main, but every time he does show up on screen, he yes. he, he is a, a fan, favorite, fan favorite for sure. Absolutely. He had a lot of screen time in this episode. It, it felt like from a... Yeah. When he's there, he's usually there all episode, but he doesn't come... I think he's on maybe half or less than half the episodes. Yeah. He's definitely... So far anyway. Yeah. He definitely misses a bunch of episodes. He's a recurring character. Um, but so back to best buds, Nate, Dan and Nate here. Uh, Dan apparently killed it at the tryouts. Uh, he, that's what he's talking about with Nate as they're walking down the hall. But Chuck also is walking down the hall and greets greets them with a Humphrey, never a pleasure, which I love. Which, which I love. <laughs> Lo- love when they just hate each other. Love when they're friends for that brief moment in time, but also love them hating each other. Also, oh yeah. Uh, and Chuck just flat out tells Nate in front of Dan to end the bromance with Dan. But 
Nate's chosen his side. So Slifer, uh, Ch- Chuck and Nate are childhood best friends, but uh, Nate is currently mad at Chuck for a stupid reason, in my opinion. So he's he's kind of become new friends with Dan. That's what we're seeing here. Um, Got it. And luckily, Blair is kind of serving in the Chuck role today, as she's just watching them in the background. So she she <laughs> she after, really is after this conversation. They're very similar up, characters, the two yeah. of them. Yeah, they love just waiting in the background, spying, observing, and then, like, yeah. going in for the kill. <laughs> so she does mm-hmm. just that. She gloats to Chuck as soon as he gets denied by Nate. and then she Great says, outfit here, by the way. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And she says something like, uh, what is life without a friend to share? To share it with or something like that. And then tells Chuck, "Look like, look like, looks like you just lost yours to Dan. And Chuck is able to immediately fire back with, oh, who cares? I'm more interested in who you lost yours to anyway. Which, uh... I thought it might be joke of the episode for Brendan. Was that your joke of the episode? No, there's two. There was a lot of good ones. There were good episode. ones. There was and some like, good I, I had a couple. I was like, oh, that's got to be the one. And then we get hit with such a hard one at the very end. And that's, oh, my. That's <laughs> easily the joke of the episode. Okay, I think I might know where you're going with this one. Um, yeah. And what I just said kind of even sounds yeah. like the joke of the episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chuck pretty much tells Blair, he's like, me and you, it's going to happen again. It, it's sad, but inevitable. And Slifer, how, how, <laughs> I, I was going to ask you how your first impression with uh, Chuck and Blair is. But you've already told us uh, that not so impressed with the Blair Waldorf as maybe some other people are. But uh, first impression of Chuck, who... Uh, is definitely a um, polarizing character. I think most people start off hating him, but uh, I think even by this point in the show, he might be somewhat of a fan favorite. So the, the first, you know, never a pleasure. First off, absolute zinger. I mean, fantastic. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Great first impression. Uh, his delivery of lines with this general carelessness um, mm. was... I don't know. It wasn't off-putting, but it also wasn't like something that roped me in. It was almost like a morbid curiosity where I was like, "Wow, he seems kind of yeah. like a douchebag." But I really just want to, I just want to watch well, him interact with everybody. Yeah, um, that is uh, that's a fair point. I think that's yeah. kind of where we're at. But like, since we've watched more of it, right? We're just a fan because it's almost comedic the way he does this with every single line delivery. Yeah, it's the yes, cadence it's with hilarious. All of, the cadence with all of his line <laughs> readings. It really. I don't know. I think you really grow accustomed to it. And it's just, it's right. Cause it's so unlike the way that any other character in the show speaks and also just like anywhere speaks. Like no one talks <laughs> like Chuck Bass and just, and just like the way he says things, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't know if I like you, but I'm at the very least intrigued here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, although I will say that, and we'll save this for once we get to that point in the episode, I actually did come around to liking him this episode and um, that took my significant other by surprise. But, oh, interesting. Well, we've been you're just so you're full of surprises. We've been get really leaning into the Chuck character development, especially in season two so far. So I was not uh, surprised to see another kind of episode like that. Um, so Blair leaves because she's got the uh, disciplinary hearing to go to and heads right to the minions who are <laughs> berating poor new minion Kelsey. Uh, I love that they refer to her. Yeah, what are as, they about to do to her? I think they kick her out. They look I think like they're about to hit her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelsey's in big trouble because she didn't know that tights were not pants as uh, Blair's going to yell that at her. It looks like she's getting the axe as a minion. Like, RIP Kelsey here. We hardly knew you. You had that uh, that yeah. brother on the on the lacrosse team and, you know, you're of no use to them. I like that uh, Penelope. I just love that this is scheduled too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and I love that Penelope says, <laughs> as one of the girls of the steps. I just love that they are called the girls of the steps at this point. <laughs> that was fun. Is it, like, do, does anyone else actually care about these people and their title because it seems like they care so much about it and i don't know we don't get much from anyone but jenny that's like a fan of these that's people. true this is just a thing that they work out between themselves and everyone else just kind of yeah. like rolls them up kind of like uh, the greendale seven in community where we think they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. the centers of everything but if we see from anyone else's point of view it's just like 
Oh, like God. all these fucking weirdos. Blair and the Minions <laughs> are doing another fucking hearing. <laughs> it was the same way in the Earth Tones. That's that's how we actually uh, yeah, we survived we were, as we thought we, were, group. we thought we were the center of Albany, but everyone else just rolled their eyes at us. That's probably correct. Um, <laughs> Those weirdos singing the word of class. <laughs> um, so... At the same time, Vanessa is on the school grounds, even though she famously does not go to school here and is handing out flyers to everyone. Um, you would think the school would have better security. Apparently, just walking in with Dan worked. Like, in, in the first scene, she says, Dan, can I go to school with you to hand out my flyers? But, I mean, also, if she walked in with Dan, how is she still there? Like, Dan just went through a whole soccer tryout and has since changed and everything, and Vanessa looks like she's just been getting around to handing out her flyers. That's a good point. <laughs> I guess she's just been hanging around. Kick her out. She has no reason to be here. <laughs> there's so much yeah, so we, we we had to flag this up for slifer here we this is our least favorite character in the show and is also the uh pretty much consensus we've had some vanessa defenders come on here recently but pretty much the consensus least favorite character of the show a lot of people dislike vanessa so i guess now's as good a time as any to ask what you think about vanessa based on one episode i gotta say i defended her uh, it was uh you know she she had this cause this effort that mm-hmm. she was trying to make happen to save that speakeasy the bar whatever you want to call it and the entire rest of the episode was chuck and blair plotting to hurt her and yeah. do it in a manipulative and downright mean way and so I, I i defended her a little bit but that's only one episode so i don't know her backstory mm-hmm. i don't know what happens after this um yeah i mean for that this is quick glimpse you know yeah this is not a bad episode for vanessa at all dare i say it may even be a good episode and i don't mm. know if well, that's... keep in mind though that this does start with her blackmailing blair <laughs> that's true but blair is famous for blackmailing people yeah i know <laughs> um but so but i like when she does it better <laughs> oh for sure because vanessa can't handle it like vanessa every time she tries to blackmail or like you know be manipulative as the people in this world are she falls flat on her face and it's just frustrating to watch but it might like i said it might even be a good episode vanessa i don't know if it's because she's teamed up with chuck for the first time and i I was gonna say i think that's because chuck Chuck lifts her up a little bit but yeah and we also like if you're just coming in is this is your first episode you haven't had a whole season plus to start hating vanessa so when people start picking on her i mean you obviously are gonna like root for her because you're like she doesn't deserve this whereas if people already hate her you're like yeah they're being shitty to vanessa but i don't care because fuck vanessa (laughs) <laughs> she <Yeah>. sucks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on in this. Like this scene started with uh Dan and Nate walking in the hall and we're still on this like same scene as now we're just in a completely part of the story where uh it's now Blair and Vanessa talking. So uh, Vanessa, it like a one camera shot. Yeah, too? it was, was like, like one nineteen eighteen or yeah, something. Exactly, that's or what it reminded me of. The like, name of the movie? They fo- yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah, they followed it. They followed the scene with Dan and Nate, and then when Chuck intervened, they kind of followed him when he went to talk with Blair, and then followed Blair out into the courtyard where she talks to the minions, and now followed it over to huh. where Vanessa comes over. So it's just all, all one shot here. Um, and Vanessa, for some reason, asks Blair for help, and Blair just immediately crumples up her fly- flyer and says, "Charity is for diseases and endangered species." So at least. Blair Blair's looking out for diseases and endangered species. Yes. They do seem more I thought this line was going to be her like shitting on charities in general as like a rich person. No, but, no. Okay, I guess you're, no, you're in the right spot. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, we, we, we can accept that. Exactly. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Brendan, Vanessa's going to try her hand at the blackmailing thing again and tells her that she's going to tell everyone about the Marcus thing if she doesn't help her. Um, I would ble- bet on Blair in this battle in general um, for who can blackmail the best. Slafer, do you have any idea what the Marcus thing is? I have no idea. So Blair recently, in the beginning of this season, was dating a lord with a terrible British accent, Lord Marcus, uh, and his stepmom was 
the Duchess, old Lady Catherine, as we call her, or at least as I call her. <laughs> oh, I'll see. Um, who Nate had a, a fling with old Lady Catherine, and then oh. it turned out that stepson Marcus and stepmom Catherine were having a fling with each other. So that is the that is the blackmail <laughs> that uh, Blair had on them. Also, Vanessa was the one that found out about this, so Vanessa also has that blackmail. Uh, Blair kind of used it to get them out of the picture, but doesn't want anyone to know about it because it'd be kind of embarrassing for her. So that's that's what's going on here. Just a ridiculous Gossip Girl uh, plot yeah. in general. It would just be embarrassing for people to find out that Blair was dating someone who was hooking up with their mom. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Um, Chuck walks into Serena's room, and Serena is reading a book like she's a model posing and like getting her picture taken. Like she's she's uh, <laughs> she's really in quite the pose to just be uh, relaxing and reading a book here. And <laughs> Chuck lets Serena know that the new rules don't actually apply to him, and he reveals that he found out that Bart is back early because he's courting some executives, and they won't do business with anyone who doesn't share their family values. So that explains all the new rules. You know, it's it's business, baby. We're, we have all these new rules because it's all about the money yeah. at the end of the day. And, and one of one of Syria's best line readings in a while is when uh, she asks, like, "Oh, where are you going, Chuck?" And he goes, "I'm going on a house call." And she goes, "Oh, gross!" It's <laughs> <laughs> like so grossed out by him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Bart doesn't want Serena's page six antics getting in the way of his deals. And then Chuck has a fun line reading where he just goes. Good night, sis. I hope your book is captivating <laughs> as he's about to leave and go on his house call. And, and like Chuck has to do this, obviously knowing that this will cause Serena to fly off the handle. Which is, So this is just like another example of Chuck setting up chaos this season, which is very fun. Yeah. He's an all-star at it. He's, he's I, putting on a Chuck clinic today. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny, honestly. Uh, the, it's just the, the line delivery every single time is so poignant. It is just perfect. I, and I, I can't I to get over it how well that seems to encapsulate what his intentions are yeah yeah um so bart now exits the elevator as serena has been successfully riled up by chuck and serena pretty much just tells him to you know fuck his rules she's gonna go out on the town she's gonna give the paparazzi a show and then she leaves and exclaims that she forgot to put on underwear much like brendan did before this recording (laughs) yes i love uh, i I love what a good outfit with a good scene yes i I love this version of serena just i love gives no shit serena it's fun serena is back baby we're done especially when she's like trying to fuck with a parent yes yes absolutely especially yeah when she's like channeling this like i give no fucks energy on her parents instead of on blair it's even better like last week i loved serena and she was going against my favorite character this week she's her and blair friends again and she's channeling all this chaotic and fun energy against her parents and it's just so i am so glad we have this serena back yeah, we're getting some ch- some channeling of like pre Gossip Girl Serena, or what it seems like it would have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chuck is going to pay Blair a visit here. Obviously, Blair isn't going to just get blackmailed by by Vanessa, so she enlists Chuck to seduce and destroy. Um, when these two team up, usually a really good time. So, uh, Brendan, were you excited to see this ploy in action? Yeah, it seemed like I think Vanessa points it out later on. It, it seemed at the time a little bit convoluted, right? Um, and I, I guess it was more a ploy for. Blair to have an excuse for Chuck to bang her. Yeah, it's the ploy within the ploy. I don't know when Blair <laughs> yeah, like kind yeah. of developed this, but I think she comes up with the plan and then like maybe like twenty percent of the way through, she's like, Oh, you know what? I could actually just use this to fuck Chuck real quick. Oh, and yeah. I think that might be plan A now. <laughs> Who cares about Vanessa? Right. <laughs> this, this is so, now the but new yeah, plan. I, I am always excited to see them interact because like their their push and pull is kind of like my main interest in the series at this point. Wow. Yeah. And that's great. And I'm rooting for Yeah, I feel like uh, in season one, the big, like, will they, won't they kind of was uh, Rufus and Lily. But now that Lily is uh, 
married, uh, Rufus kind of had to give up with that. Bart. And now that uh, Bart, not Bart, Chuck and Chuck and uh, Blair are kind of courting each other, but at the same time want nothing to do with each other. Like this is the new like interest here that we are watching them every episode to see yeah. if they can finally uh, just because they both want each other. We see it; it's clear. Yeah, but. And one can. wants more, one wants the other more at certain times than the other. Like sometimes exactly. one's all in and one's all out, they and can't it's get vice on the same versa. Page. And, yeah, and here we see a, an entire shift in one episode of I one would, being into the other more so, and then backwards by the right. end. Right. Speaking of how I met your mother, it's like that uh, that thing where the whole, there's a whole running go- joke where uh, Lily kind of ha- is like attracted to Robin, and then at the end, in like one of the last episodes, they share a kiss, and then after that, Robin's the one that's like, "Oh, maybe we should do that again," and Lily's the one yeah. that has something to do with Robin. <laughs> How the turntables. <laughs> well, yes. I, I was rooting for that Blair to get Vanessa out of her hair and to get Chuck back and for Chuck to get Nate back all in one fell swoop. Of, uh, unfortunately, it was not as easy as that. But that's and wrap I was up the series for. while we're at it. <laughs> yeah. Season finale. <laughs> series finale here. It's all over. Um, Serena and Blair are at brunch or something where I, I guess this is now the uh, Saturday in the Friday slash Saturday. And <laughs> Serena brings up or Blair actually brings up Chuck and Serena notices that. Blair is smiling when she says Chuck's name, so she's clearly uh, back she into help the it. Chuck. Yeah, and in comes Eric with the new friend we've heard so much about. Um, surprising that he actually has to introduce these two to Jonathan. Like, I guess Jonathan is not a big Gossip Girl reader, or he's just like being polite and not saying, "Yeah, Eric, I know who Serena and Blair are. They're like the, they're right. like the most <laughs> famous people at our school. You don't have to introduce them." <laughs> right. Um, but the big headline is that Jonathan is Eric's new boyfriend, and Serena and Blair are both so excited to meet him. Eric has a big smile on his face. I'm just, ah, I'm so happy for him. I'd say it's a real step yeah. up from a pizza dude. Oh, big time. And still like a very bad haircut on this guy. Yeah, um, yeah. But still seems like a cute guy. Isn't yeah. that like 2007 in a nutshell, though? I mean, uh, exactly, men's hairstyle yeah. was just not. not great. Oh, no. Yeah, everyone's yeah. having these like long, like swoopy hairdos kind of. This guy wasn't so swoopy. It was like pinned straight down, like, yeah. cut, like weird bangs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely interesting. You know? But I mean, when you're comparing him to Asher, who was the last guy Eric was hooking up with, yeah. it's hard hard to go wrong here. Um, but yeah, so the, the reactions of the girls are, are great and very supportive and exciting. Never in doubt. They've always been very supportive of Eric, even when uh, Blair was kind of trying to like use some of this stuff against uh, Eric or whatever she was doing. She she wanted to save Eric, at least. Like, she was always uh, very careful with how this would affect Eric and only outed the other guy when Eric gave her permission to. <laughs> yeah. Which is still not cool, but at the very not least, cool. she loves Eric. Um, yes. And Jonathan also met Chuck the other day, too, and I would have loved to see that scene because I want I would, I to—I'm interested in how anyone reacts when they meet Chuck, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. And Serena hears this <laughs> and, is, and is like, ooh, Chuck, you hear that? Be Chuck. Which is very, I mean, Serena's just in fun <laughs> mode. Like, she really, really is. And she really is. Like, she's not trying to be annoying about uh, her and Chuck's relationship and ask, like, what's, I could see, like, a version of this episode where Serena's like, what are you doing with him? Like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta figure it out. Like, what, what's going on with you two? Yeah. And, but she's, she's just, like, being silly. Like, they're, they're still kids, so just like, oh, you, you're crushing on Chucky again? Like, yeah. that's kind of her attitude. She's this got her own shit uh, to way, worry way about. She can't worry about Blair's yeah. shit anymore. So Serena wants to know how they met uh, Jonathan and Eric, but the scene cuts before we get to find out. And I was so bummed because I famously love an origin story. I want to know how these two met. I, I, and I'm assuming we don't get this in a future episode because I, I, I can't don't know remember. I don't think spoil we've... it for me. But does this guy come back or is this a one time? He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Cool. Okay, that's fun. That makes me happy. Yeah, we're all happy. We're all very supportive of Eric and Jonathan. Maybe here. we get a um, what, what's his name again? This guy. Who? Jonathan. 
Jonathan. Maybe we'll get a, a Jonathan and Horace team up uh, for ah, like a, a solo hopefully. episode. Yeah, I think they have a, a spinoff, the two of them, actually. You okay, may have heard great. of the series Horace and Jonathan, where they... <laughs> where they run the bar, that Chuck Yeah, buys? Jonathan gets a job at the speakeasy, and it's really fun. It's a great, it's a great show. Um, it's, a, it's a murder mystery, actually. So, yeah, Oh, wow. Dan's telling Jenny about the soccer tryout. and This seems like a lot like the story that the Lax Bro was telling at the bar where Dan was a few weeks ago that Dan yes, hated. Yes, so, I thought, I thought yeah, about that, It looks that like too. the shoe is on the other foot, where, where Dan's like, so I went that way, and then he went that way, and then I faked that way. And uh, so Jenny obviously does not care. Oh, wait. I said I said it, the shoe is on the other foot. Now, should I have said the cleat is on the other foot because of soccer, huh? Uh, huh? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Well done. Okay. Very All right. Yeah, I knew Slifer would like that stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> because he's famously stupid. <laughs> no, because he famously likes, likes bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is literally my, my, my niche in life. People are like, thing. so yeah. what do you do? And I'm like, I really, really love terrible jokes. And they're like, All right, fuck you. Pretty and, uh, much. I haven't made a friend since college because of that, actually. <laughs> Bad jokes and puns and spoonerisms. You, you get yeah. you get along great with my friend Austin. You guys are both as equally as unfunny as each other. <laughs> <laughs> then we would be cracking each other up. Oh yeah, it would Which be terrible. Can sometimes turn into funniness. Like as, if you can really turn on the unfunny, after a while it just turns into one big funny joke. Yeah, Brendan, you can hang, you can hang out with them and see how that see how yeah, long yeah, you last. Um, um, do you before we get move on? Do you get a chance to ever like throw? any of that shit into uh the weather world oh all the time i think that's like that's why you probably got into that field is to use some of that stuff yeah it's like uh you know I, i've been obsessed with the weather since i was a child um you can ask ask matt he will tell you all about my weather obsessions in school um and so now it's like okay i get to talk about something i'm obsessed with and i get to make stupid jokes about it all the time you know, uh-huh. like, oh, say it ain't snow. That's right. The oh, lakes are yeah. back for mid-April because we live in Maine. And this, and is, why no one, until this May. is why no one watches the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm single-handedly ruining the, the television uh, weather enterprise. I anyone that tunes in just for the comedy, though. Yeah. Uh, they they treat like, it just like a stand-up set. Yeah, you're not going to get that on, on uh, the weather app on your phone. <laughs> That's right. Take that. Right. You want to hear me say the entire forecast in a poem that rips off the night before Christmas? Can't do that on the app. You got to tune in for that live. Oh my god! I, I'm, you know, actually, that, that sounds awful. <laughs> I'm also talking about something I'm obsessed with, but the difference is I am not getting paid for it. I'm just talking about Gossip Girl for for the love of it here. Um, well, I will uh, have to inform you that we have made nineteen dollars and like sixty cents. We're so. up to nineteen sixty. All right. Oh yeah. Great year. Yeah, I think once Great we get year. up to this current year, we'll really celebrate. If we ever make twenty dollars and twenty two cents, I part. will donate to get us to twenty twenty two. What? What's that going to cost me? Sixty-two our, cents. Our first patron. <laughs> what a cheap asshole for our first patron. Sixty-two Six, cents. Sixty-two cents. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jenny is also happy now that he's on the soccer team because Dan can finally get some guy friends. Very timely because we have been tracking Dan's friends the last couple of weeks, and I don't know how this yes. is a surprise to Dan because not only does he not have any guy friends except for Nate now, he, he hardly has any friends in general. Like even when yeah, he, he just got his first guy friend. Like, even, what is he talking? <laughs> yeah, even when Jenny tells him like you prefer to hang out with girls, she only names Vanessa and Serena. Those are the only two other friends she he has. Right. And then Dan <laughs> turns to Rufus to help. Dad, can you tell? Can you tell Jenny I have guy friends? But like, He's like, yeah, I'm your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A way easier way to dispute this would just be to tell Jenny, like, no, I have guy friends, and he, this is all of them. But 
obviously he can't do that because he doesn't have guy friends. So, all right, this is we get a Cedric reference. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, it was Ruf, good. Yeah, Rufus says like, "Oh, I'm I'm Dan's friend," but Jenny's like, "Family doesn't count," and he goes, "Cedric," and so Slifer, <laughs> Cedric is Dan's cabbage patch doll, patch doll, which was an iconic character in season one, but we haven't gotten many references him uh, recently. So I'm very happy to bring him back. I love Cedric. I was wondering who then, Cedric was, uh, but yes. judging by my significant other's giggles, I was like, oh, this clearly has to be like a, a pet hamster or something. Uh, someone <laughs> yeah, that's close. Yeah. not uh, significant, or but is, you know? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's Dan, Dan's favorite doll. You're, something embarrassing, yeah. Uh, you know, your significant other has some great takes. <laughs> Would love to hear more. Um, so <laughs> Dan decides to prove them wrong by calling his new bestie and turning on his bro voice, which is very funny. Uh, it made me laugh so much. I bet <laughs> Nate was laughing on the other line, too. Um, maybe we should try to to role play this because i i have written down what what dan says here but we can't hear what nate was saying so brendan if you can okay. you can be, I'll nate be here. I'll stupid be, boy nate yeah, yeah i i i call you and i say nate hey man hey it's humphrey um who dan <laughs> yeah good good uh hey hey listen oh, okay uh you you want to hook up for some soccer later um not really but i, I guess I, I got nothing else to do i'm homeless so i sure you're by the park right uh, yeah, I guess we can hang out. Why are you talking like that? Noon, yeah, sweet brew. Uh, you know, you've been acting really weird. All right, I love it. Bye. Well. Okay. Jeez, that's weird. Uh, Matt and I have actually had that almost exact same same discussion. I've yeah. called him up and been like, "Hey, yo, Gagan, you want to Taco Bell later?" And he's like, "Why? Why are you being weird?" And I'm like, "All right, sick, dude." <laughs> Yeah, can't, he actually can't wait. He actually ends every. I, I like that he introduces himself to Dad. It's Humphrey. <laughs> it's Humphrey, Dan. <laughs> There's yeah, you know. And I love Slifer does actually end every phone conversation with "All right, I love it. Bye." Yeah, <laughs> sweet bro. All right, I love it. <laughs> I thought he was gonna throw another. I, I thought he was you. gonna say "I love you," which been <laughs> slipping up here. And we we get some more teasing about Cedric, even from Rufus. He's gonna get in on it, and it's. I feel like it was a weird line reading from him when he was like, "You know, Cedric." would get dirty like i don't know why he said it like that it was so strange <laughs> and kind of like walking off yeah he was walking too. off screen as well like, all right but Van- vanessa's at her protest thing maybe it was a little bit of a shitty improv on their part but i thought it was maybe pretty funny. yeah uh vanessa's at her protest thing here comes chuck to save the day uh but the real mvp of this scene is the random person who throws their beverage at him and says hey get out of here rich boy <laughs> and what was he eating it was like some sort of icy beverage yeah, yeah, like a, there's a lot of uh questionable uh food and beverage choices in this episode yeah, i don't know why that, that we'll get to that later but what the fuck what were those like, like bent it was, popsicles it was like we have a lot of leftover stuff from catering that's about to expire soon so let's just make all the actors eat, <laughs> eat it, like non-stop eating in this episode um i get that vanessa hates chuck but i wouldn't be quite so dismissive of chuck here like let's at least let this play out and she eventually does after she actually right we know he's got money but, maybe he could actually do something she here. needs a miracle and here comes chuck and i know you think he's up to no good but i mean just be on your guard but hear him out don't just like send him off right away and have everyone because yeah, like how much worse could things get like you're already gonna lose this place exactly and this right. guy comes up the worst that can happen it. is already happening like there's, there's nothing right. that could be worse than losing the place so uh we'll see how that plays out but serena comes home we're getting some more rebellious serena as she argues with lily about the rules uh brendan you love law and order and ruling with an iron uh, fist so i'm sure man. you were rooting for lily and bart with uh, and the rules in well, the storyline i'll be honest i wasn't rooting for lily but i was swooned by her yet again because she's wearing these glasses that made her look oh yes the glasses hot. were oh, very man. good very good so I, whatever she said I, it was just kind of like all dribble to me because i was just like groveling <laughs> watching this scene <laughs> 
<laughs> Brennan was, wow. what Brennan a was just on his knees, like bowing down to Lily in front of his TV. <laughs> 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 yeah. Are you are you a big uh, Lily Lily crusher? Big time, especially after last episode. If if you want to go back and watch a certain scene with Lily, it, it was. Uh, some call it the uh, the horniest I've been on the podcast. Yes, yes. And Brendan has oh, wow. called it that himself. <laughs> yeah, Lily is <laughs> Brendan the Brendan is the sum in question. Lily's the milf of the show. Rufus is the dilf of the show. This much is clear. Uh, Serena keeps bringing up the point that she would listen if she thought this was actually coming from Lily, but like Bart is not her father. And Lily says like if this is okay, so Lily tells Serena like if this is how you're behaving, uh, we should have tried to give you more structure years ago. And Serena fires back with you mean like three husbands ago. Um, Boom! This show got him. This show must have heard us complaining about the lack of jokes recently because they are bringing back all the old hits in this episode. We have Cedric, oh, we yeah. have Lily's husband. You know, we have yeah, seriously. We have Dan. We have Chuck shitting on Dan, Blair shitting on Vanessa. Like all the tried and true like methods of jokes are back in this episode, and I was loving it. Everything we love. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I wasn't like so much on Lily's side here because I knew she sort of didn't. She doesn't really have a like to stand on. She's like trying to parent, yeah. which is cute because that's not what she does. But. Um, Serena is uh, she has a point and it's just like a classic child versus adult argument yeah she wants to pass on the swore right like not to be completely team Serena again today but I, I don't blame her you know I got it got side with Serena I'm okay with it I mean I still I like Blair more but I'm still always like oh yeah, yeah. slightly in Serena's corner listen if Serena was going against Blair again I'd be rooting for Blair obviously but gotta right, root right. for the rebellious teens I was rooting for Jenny when she was flying off the handle rooting for Serena here um, yeah so Dan goes to hang out with his new soccer bestie he drops by Nate's house because he thought that's where they were meeting even though you know we heard him say bark we did hear him say park, but he, so he notices something is off. There's like a little notice on the door or whatever. And so he takes that as an invitation to break in. Just a little light trespassing from Dan. He even has to like <laughs> remove a lock. Like this is not like, this is not just like the door was open. So he walked like he had to physically uh, trespass if he wanted to get in here. And he's looking for him in the house when Nate calls him and he's already at the park. So Dan hangs out the phone and he notices that Nate is even poorer than him and Ves- Vanessa right now, it seems. There's like a little mattress slash like sleeping setup on the floor of his abandoned house. And it seems like Gossip Girl already knows about this as well as she has a little voice over here. <laughs> Don't know how that one happened. <laughs> right. um, but so this is obviously not the ideal setup. Like it gets it gets made fun of a lot. The mattress on the on the ground. But I actually enjoy just the mattress on the floor move. Like who, who needs a bed bed frame? That's for uppity rich folk. Hard agree. <laughs> wow. That's I actually agree. had a, um, a mattress on the floor for many, many years, uh, up until maybe, I think I've only had a mattress off the ground for the past year. People scoff. They say, oh, get you, don't mess with the boys that just have a mattress. Get a man that has a bed frame. I mean, what the fuck's so great about a bed frame? <laughs> you know, I, I think it's only, the only thing I like about it now is that I can put my shoes on much more easily from the bed. Okay, fair enough. You know, uh, Ganesh was doing just the mattress on the floor for a while in college. Yeah, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't get it either. Yeah, it's, our, it's fine. I guess there's, there's there's more storage that way, too. You can put stuff underneath. So our our freshman year, we visited our friend Kevin in Syracuse, and Kevin had the just the mattress on the floor, and this inspired Ganesh. So when we got back, he took apart, he took like he took his mattress down, just put it on the floor, and just stuck his bed frame outside, which I don't think is a thing we were allowed to do. <laughs> what? But much like, uh, much like not to bring up How I Met Your Mother again on this podcast, but much like the Bermuda Triangle on How I Met Your Mother, he put it out there, and then it was just gone the next day. It was like, gone, I yeah. I feel like, did he get charged for this, like for not having a bed frame at the end of the year? I don't, like, know. I don't know what happened. Maybe someone just like was able to get um, that bed frame and like turned it into like a bunk and had a third roommate. Well, that's kind of what we did because I was in a forced triple and my third roommate moved out in like a week, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. 
for the rest of freshman year, we just had this bunk bed and we were not supposed to take these things apart, but we rearranged that bunk bed multiple times. And there were many nights where like Gagan slept up there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like James a guest Pika slept up there. Mike yeah, O'Brien slept up there. Shouting out all the great Albany, all, all the Albany legends. Yeah, the bunk bed was great for slumber parties. I remember one time uh, Pete and the people on the second floor used to love pranking me. So one time I, I came into my room and Pete had just had our uh, bed set up where it was a bunk bed for me and him and i don't know why but i was so mad i just turned i just turned away went back up to the third floor and texted him fix that now i'm not fucking around (laughs) (laughs) how dare you turn that into a bunk (laughs) i was i think at that point i was like at that point i was so fed up with pete like it was pete had been throwing up on my bed he had been clogging the toilet because he was flushing glass down it like he was just (laughs) like a a real idiot yeah (laughs) I was just so fed up with Pete at that point, but uh, not not to go off on another tangent. But back, back to Gossip Girl. <laughs> Chuck is back to consult with Blair. Uh, Dorota announced that Mrs. Mr. Chuck is coming in. I think that's all we get of Dorota this week. So, uh, Slifer, we ask all our guests this: What do you think of Dorota? Uh, I really didn't have an opinion to be honest. So you're in the Brendan that's camp. That's fair. <laughs> you're, you're in the Brendan camp. <laughs> well, this is the line we get like, from her. Yeah. Yeah. Off screen too. Yeah, everyone loves yeah. Dorota. It's a running joke where Brendan has not seen what makes Dorota so great yet, but everyone that comes on the podcast is like, so obviously one of my favorite characters is Dorota. That goes without saying. <laughs> and we're sort of getting into like the middle of the series here, and it like, still has a lot of work to do, <laughs> in my opinion. It's all a ruse. It's all a ruse. Um, so Chuck has called the deal off. He, he didn't really even try that hard with Vanessa. I mean, he knew going into this that Vanessa hates him. So he had to imagine he couldn't just like waltz up there and win her over immediately. So I don't know. Maybe he just wanted an excuse to like talk to Blair again. So he comes back here and says, oh, didn't work. Oh, well. So uh, Chuck tells Blair she has to do her own dirty work now because there's nothing in it for him. And that's when Blair lets Chuck knows that uh, she can make it worth it if you catch her drift. Oh, Uh, that means means sex. Oh, yeah. I mean, she doesn't explicitly say it, but it is heavily implied. And it's heavily. It's starting to get a little hot and heavy in there. You know, they're both getting hot and bothered as Chuck agrees to the deal while undressing her a little. Um, And also, this is clearly just Blair does not does want to have sex with Chuck anyway. And is just using this as her her lips are quivering here. Oh, oh, yeah. She's horned up. Absolutely. So this, and Chuck knows it. He can see it. Yeah, this inspires Chuck to, to meet with Vanessa again. And Vanessa talked to Chuck's lawyer, actually read the proposal now, and is impressed by it. So uh, Chuck asks if there's a reason he's there, because if it's just to insult him, then there's a website Vanessa can go to. What is this website? Like, what was this for? I, I, I was wondering, <laughs> he's like, if I'm just too. here so you can insult me, there's a website you can go to. for. What is this website where everyone is just shitting on Chuck? <laughs> is it, was he referring know, to maybe, Gossip Girl? It, or maybe oh that could be that or just came to me now like, I thought there's the just... IMDb comments yeah I thought this was just like an I hate Chuck website <laughs> there was a page a page <laughs> on MySpace yeah. that could be I guess he must be referring to Gossip Girl here I, I think of that more as a blog than a website but I guess it's one of yeah. the same um, so the manager of the inn wants to meet with Chuck if he signs off on it then uh, Chuck has Vanessa's support so it literally just took Vanessa to read the proposal and like this one more meeting for Vanessa to pretty much get on board so uh, good thing Chuck didn't quit after all and. Got to point out, Chuck is rocking his fancy robe again in this scene. It is really funny that he likes to go out in public wearing all these these robes. <laughs> he looks great, though. It's interesting. Yeah, he looks so yeah. good. Um, 
Back to Blair and Serena. Serena is still complaining about Lily. So we get to learn some things about Lily's past relationships that we didn't know. We learned that one of her husbands was named Klaus. And she also dated another Klaus. Uh, so apparently Lily used to just go on trips out of the country whenever she wanted. The Klaus years. And, yeah, the Klaus years. And leave Lily and Eric to fend for themselves, which is not a good look for the person who uh, just last week I think we were calling one of the best parents on the show. So not, not the best. <laughs> right. I mean, and even in the this beginning is, this of this. This past Lily, though. Yeah, even in the beginning of the series, she was not all that great. We've, it's really been her progress so far. So it's also ironic yes. that uh, – they would show up to Blair's house when Lily would abandon them so, like, Eleanor could take care of them because Eleanor is also never home to begin with. Right. It's just, like, a kid free-for-all, I guess, with these with these rich parents and rich houses. Yeah. Oh, Eleanor's like— It's just a place to show up to. Oh, Serena you know, Eric. With more kids, it's kind of like you're being watched. Serena and Eric, glad you're here, but uh, I'm going to Paris. I— I guess Howard was still in the picture at that point, so maybe, maybe he was there to watch himself. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, oh, well, also, speaking of Klaus's, though, shout out to uh, Sick Invite Podcast, the producer Klaus. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe he was the one who was uh, dating Lily. And speaking of the Sick Invite Podcast, we may have some guests from that pod uh, very soon. Very soon. So Ooh. Serena claims that Bart is the worst of Lily's suitors so far. Um, is that true? Like, even worse than Cokehead Klaus? <laughs> yeah, we, we also get a, a great line from that part of the episode when they talk about the yeah. cokehead version of uh, Klaus. Uh, that at, was at one point was in contention for a joke of the episode. And we'll, we'll get there, but uh, it, it didn't end up winning. But it's just yeah. such a funny line reading by Eric, who was an awesome oh, yes, in yes. this episode. I, I feel in this scene, Serena's like, I can excuse Coke, but I draw the line at rules. <laughs> right. And this Coke's fun. Not to point out some more fashion, but Blair is in that gorgeous dress that she got from Chuck, and uh, things are happening. And even Serena, again, is just like, oh, you're just wearing this dress that Chuck got you for no reason? And she's like, huh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. She's <laughs> just amused. that one away. She, yeah, she's amused by all of this, above all. She, <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Dan and Nate, again. Dan... <laughs> This is a recurring thing as well. Dan wants Nate to teach him that bouncing off the knees thing. Um, you can't stop talking about it. <laughs> Brendan, you played soccer for a while. Can you do the bouncing off the knees thing? I cannot do the bouncing off. I was a, a famous, terrible juggler. <laughs> oh, um, really? Because I, I was going to say, I feel do, like I can't, every soccer player does this. I thought this maybe was the first thing you learn in soccer, but good to know that you and Dan are on not. the same. It's, a, it's something that you do if you like you play a lot, but I was one of the kids that just like, kind of showed up on Sundays, and if I even did show up on Sundays. Um, so I, I was more just like a, a game player, right? not a practice show or upper. Much like me within a, with cross country, where I had in my contract that I would to not go to any of the meets. I only showed up for the practices. Yes. Yeah, and much uh, negotiate yeah, it, it, that. It, it, yeah, and in, in the first <laughs> it wasn't much negotiating. In the first year when I was on the badminton team, I also had in my contract that I didn't go to any away matches. I just, just went to the home ones. Yeah, it'll take too long. That's fair. Once I became a starter my junior year, I could no longer have that in my uh, in my contract. Yeah, you got you got to show up for not everything. to brag, not to brag. Um, is it, so? Is this the scene where they're walking around and they're about to go get a drink? Yes. At the yes, it is. Okay, so there's <laughs> this conversation that they open up with here is so funny. <laughs> Where Dan just like making a joke about like disappointing his dad and his dad crying. It made him uncomfortable. Yeah. He's like, it's scarring to hear your dad cry. And then <laughs> Nate kind of says something to the effect of like, well, you know, my dad doesn't have many emotions. So, so not a weird conversation ender. And also, it somehow shifts to the housewarming party. And this is the this conversation is the first Dan's hearing of the housewarming party. And also, somehow, the first Nate is hearing that Dan and Serena are broken up. Although, maybe he just forgot, or maybe he just didn't believe it because they usually get back together anyway. But he's like, oh, so you two are really broken up now. And, uh,. Nate's not going either, probably just going to stay at home and watch a movie, and tells the Dan that, oh, you know, I'd invite you over, but the house is a mess. You know, something that teenage boys famously care about. He's right about that. It's definitely a mess, (laughs) and it's definitely, like, the excuse that he's using, but, like, if I was Dan, I'd be like, 
okay, who who the fuck? I mean, I guess Dan knows the truth, but if I if yeah. I, if someone was using that excuse to me, I'd be like, I don't care if you have clothes on the floor. Like, I'll come over. I and guess, watch but it's movie. also like a rich person excuse. I, I can guess, see like yeah. them being like more uptight about that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, Dan uses this, especially opp- if you have housekeepers, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, well, the housekeeper's been on vacation for the last week, apparently. So right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Is that you know you're like oh you come to my house and you expect everything to be spotless because right. we have this living maid who works tirelessly but sh- she's been on vacation we sent her to uh we sent her to the long island sound to yeah, soak up some sun great vacation spot <laughs> yeah that's true i, I got to think of this around in the perspective there. of rich people so uh, Dan uses this as an opportunity to try and ask him a little bit how things are because, you know, he just saw what was actually happening at Nate's house. But Nate plays it off, tells Dan that, you know, mom's staying in the Hamptons. He told her he was staying in Chuck's. And I was like, why isn't he staying with Chuck? But I, I keep forgetting that they are not friends right now. Pretty bad timing right for now, Nate yeah. not to be friends with Chuck because he really should just be staying with Chuck. You know, back when Chuck lived in his own hotel room and they were just having the slumber parties every night. That was a great setup for, for Nate when he wanted to get away from his oh, parents. Yeah. And now that he is away from his parents, uh, not by choice, because uh, Slifer, I'll have you know that his dad, the captain, is in jail. And now his mom uh, really just loves to abandon it whenever she can and is just staying in the Hamptons. So. Yeah, what is she doing just staying there? She has to know that the house is like seized. And oh yeah, that's. I think that's why anymore. she's staying in the Hampton. Like Nate's staying there, unbeknownst to like the FBI agents, I guess. Oh, so she thinks she's just staying with. A, he's staying with the friends. Yeah. she thinks he's safe. Yeah, exactly. So, Nate goes to get a drink and asks if Dan wants anything. Dan says sure, but Nate walks away without even asking him what he wants. So, <laughs> just got to throw that out. <laughs> and there. assuming this guy has no money too, just you saw yeah, yeah, he's Dan, Dan still lets You're him gonna make him pay. For pay for Dan still lets him pay for <laughs> drinks. <laughs> Dan's like, actually, you know what? I'll take two. Give me, give me two of the most expensive ones on the menu. You mind covering? Thanks, thanks, bro. Sick, yeah. love it. Top shelf, yeah, please. Yeah. I know this is just a concession stand, but top shelf, please. Yeah, get me the most expensive oh, yeah. thing on the menu. Um, I think this is the first interesting Nate story we've gotten in a while that like didn't involve him fucking an older woman. Yeah, that might have been happening off screen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And even <laughs> when we were doing these uh, stories with him, I was, I was saying, I wish they would delve more into the like uh nate's probably going to become poor soon and i think that would be more interesting and now they they kind of are doing that yes in a, in a, in a way yeah um and we, we get that with uh he's hanging out with the brooklyn knights now at the end of this episode yeah uh I, I think this is a good direction for him to go yeah shifting teams going from the upper east side to the brooklyn knights um yeah chuck and vanessa show up to the bar uh to talk with uh slifer's favorite character horace um he was, he was great he was giving off some real he was great some real chubbs peterson vibes with the hat and the goatee uh, yeah, yeah. Classic Happy Gilmore character. Um, that kind of like, yeah. I mean, I, I saw him. It was just the hat and the goatee. Just kind of like a heavy set guy. Really was giving me flashbacks here. It's all I could think about. So um, yeah. And any older man that's kind of approving of Chuck is is a nice nice look. Yeah. So yeah. It was interesting he to gives, hear him he uh, gives, kind of praise this weirdo. He gives Chuck a big hug. Something that Chuck is not used. Yeah. To. I'm surprised Chuck didn't just go like never been touched. Like uh, Papa. Is that you, Daddy? Like, <laughs> really just trying to get, like, adopted on the spot? Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. I, I, uh, I expected, I'm not going to lie, if Horace was like, yeah, you know, every Friday night we have some underground ska band that comes through here. <laughs> yeah. Two-tone, oh, yeah. two-tone, not third wave. Like, I would be like, yeah, you know, I could get behind this. And then Chuck just starts skanking oh, yeah. in the middle of the... <laughs> in the yeah, the and that's, that's the end of the series. That's it. <laughs> they, start a, Roll credits. they start a pit and they just... Wow! If Chuck ever Horace skanks jumps on this in, Vanessa jumps series. in. Oh man, <laughs> skank pit. Real big fish closes out the episode. <laughs> That's what oh. they did after basketball. They signed on to Gossip Girl. 
that would be I think something. Yeah, why not? It's natural progression of things. Yeah. Um, Horace used to know Joe Kennedy, who apparently is uh, somewhat of an idol of Chuck, and Chuck's just learning the history of the bar, takes a liking to Horace, and it seems he may actually have some interest buying this place all of a sudden. Horace tells Chuck he'd fit right in, and <laughs> Chuck says, that might be the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, which is so depressing. So sad. <laughs> so sad. Like, all episode, Chuck is just looking for someone to say something affirming to him, someone to say something nice yeah, some, to him. Some, some sort of approval. Exactly. He just needs approval. It is so heartbreaking to watch but um speaking of heartbreaking the whole nate storyline again dan calls jenny and um why does dan call jenny to tell her all about the nate situation while nate is literally five feet away from him buying a drink like either go someone somewhere further away or wait to tell her like it's kind of dangerous here yeah, I don't yeah. know how he needs to tell her now. Yeah. Nate just comes back and he like quickly has to hang up the phone. But so Dan asks Jenny why he's not staying with Chuck, and Jenny says it's because he's embarrassed. But like we know he's not friends with Chuck, so I feel like it's more like that's more the easy answer. Yeah, it's more the reason. Chuck, but uh Jenny tells Dan to invite Nate over for some chili. They can convince him to stay there. Uh looks like Nate made the right friend at the right time, because they're gonna take their bromance to the next level, as Dan tells Nate he has to come over for chili and uh scategories. So seems like a fun night. How do you guys feel about chili and scategories? You know, I, I have had very few nights that would top that, I think. Yeah, wow. I'm not a big... I, I love chili. Really? I was um, going to say, I'm not a big chili guy. Huge on chili, um, but Scattergories, not as big on. Scattergories is one of the games that I could I could tolerate. I've played it a lot with my family. It's just annoying when you don't really want to think that much. Like, there's a lot of pressure, because the clock's running down, you're like, oh, i got to think of a word that starts with S right now, I can't think of anything. Yeah. And then as soon as the See, clock that's runs why out, I like it. Yeah, as soon as the I clock like runs out, you think of everything. You're like, ah, oh, of course, I should have said that. It's. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, if you're not in the right I'm mood more for that, of like it's, a it's kind of a Monopoly nope. or Mexican train kind of guy. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I perform under pressure. That's why Scattergory is just one of those games that people are like, do you want to play? I'm like, ah, all right, you know what, I will. And then all of a sudden, three hours later, it's it's like a big passionate in. argument. because yeah, like if something counts know, or not. Right. No, I like it. I just more uh, prefer the games where if I'm good at it, I'm good at it every time. Like checkers. Good luck beating me at checkers, everyone, because it's not going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Serena comes back to the penthouse, sees Jonathan, asks him if he's here to visit Eric. But Jonathan reveals that he's just dropping off some books and that he's not coming to the big party. Apparently, Bart told him it was family only and uh, not a big deal to him. But Serena definitely looks troubled by this. Good for Serena. Right, because she, she seems to feel like it's for a certain reason. That, that would be my first thought, yeah. Maybe not being for... Yeah. And that was my first thought was, as a viewer. Of yeah. course. And I think it's... And I was about to throw Bart uh, an LVP oh, right away yeah. for that. Yeah, but apparently it's a little more complicated than that. So Chuck and Vanessa again. Vanessa tells Chuck that he actually won horse over. And based on the smile on Vanessa's face, it looks like he's won her over as well. So like this... Even easier than we than we could have imagined. This did not take that long at all. He just had to get one drink to like ruin one suit from a drink, and then everything else has been coming up. Chuck and uh, Chuck also looks like he has second thoughts about screwing her over. Like, is it possible that uh, Chuck is a good guy after all? Maybe, and it looks like he's even like slightly attracted to Vanessa here. Okay, so as a one-time viewer. My first thought immediately was like, "Wow, there's a bit of sexual tension here on screen," and not like, "Haha, I have to seduce you." Te- sexual tension, but legitimate reciprocated yeah. sexual tension. I think and so too. So, you know, again, I have no idea what happens next, and I don't even know what happened before this. But in that one <laughs> moment, it seemed like maybe, just maybe, there could be a storyline where Chuck and Vanessa become an item. And he saves her speakeasy bar, whatever else. Um, and it seemed genuine for at least that yeah. minute, you know? Yeah, and it would be interesting because Vanessa, I mean, 
the viewers may not see this, but Vanessa really sees herself as the good guy, the person who like fights against all the rich <laughs> Upper East Siders, and Chuck is like the richest of the rich on the Upper East Side. He's like the villain of the show in the, eye, the, in the eyes of the Vanessas. So it'd be definitely be interesting. Um, I definitely saw that as well. It might just be because anytime a guy and a girl in the show talk to each other, that seems to happen. <laughs> they seem to have some kind of sexual chemistry. But also in this moment, it could just be that like, Chuck is like attracted to someone actually thinking he might be a good guy, and that's really what he's I think into. that's part of it. Because it, it looks like it really means a lot to Chuck when Vanessa says she was wrong about him and apologizes. Like Chuck wants to be a good boy, oh, yeah. whether he is or not. Like in this moment, it seems like he wants to be a good boy, and <laughs> it even seems like he's about to come clean to Vanessa. But his phone beeps, text from Blair, and it just completely snaps him back to reality. Like we have the villain Chuck again. He invites Vanessa to the housewarming, and she agrees to come because we got to get all our characters together for the big event of the week, and. uh that's that, you know? Uh, a little yeah. upset that Horace, definitely torn here. Horace didn't get the invite as well. I was hoping Horace would end up adopting Chuck by the end of the episode. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting here a little bit of, like, angel and devil on the shoulders Absolutely, here with, with yeah. Chuck. I think he's wondering if, like, oh, maybe I don't quite love Blair because she doesn't actually believe in me. And now this person that I don't even know that well is saying I might be a good person. Maybe this is kind of what I'm looking for in a companion. Yeah, Vanessa kind of flags this up to Blair but like Chuck definitely into Blair but could Blair be bringing out the worst in Chuck like Blair is mm-hmm. not seeing him as this good person that he thinks he can be and you know it's all very compelling to me yeah um, so we'll go to the event of the week the housewarming party Lillian Bart they're schmoozing the guests Serena walks in Bart says he'll take care of it uh, Bart opens it up by telling Serena that the suit looks lovely on her and we know that Blake Lively can rock a suit it does like, we know this from a simple oh, favor yeah. Blake yes. Lively oh, can man. definitely rock a suit and uh but Serena's not having it. She may be here, but she tells him she's waiting on some friends and confirms that they were, in fact, allowed to bring friends. So uh, now Serena's just, I mean, Serena basically says gay rights here. And she calls Bart's out on him not letting Eric bring her, his boyfriend. And Bart's claims that he discussed it with Eric and the decision was him. And Serena says exactly what I would be thinking. Like, oh, yeah, the 15-year-old and the billionaire seems like a discussion between equals. So, again, com- like, maybe that wasn't 100% Boom. accurate, but I how can you not see where Serena's coming from here? I would also assume that Bart... It's still a power struggle, yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. That Bart yep. bulldozed him in this conversation. Whether or not he did, there is still a power imbalance here. It's his party. He is the, the billionaire. Eric definitely could have felt pressure, maybe even subconsciously, to say that he wasn't going to bring him Absolutely. whatever conversation they have. And, you know, and and Serena's going to gonna fight for Eric here. Like, she's already against them to begin with and has no problem doing this in general. But I, I like that Serena was standing up for Eric here. Oh, me too. And and Eric says after this that like, that's not exactly how it went down. But he very well could have been manipulated by this billionaire. Like he he got here for a reason. I'm sure he has these techniques of manipulation uh, being at that level. So it, we we didn't see what happened off screen. But I can only I, I'm not going to assume it went way or, one way or another. But you can always say like in the back of our brains, uh, there's a, a good chance that uh, he had his own intentions in mind here. For sure. Right. The gut um, reaction uh, being introduced yes. just to this that scenario is immediately negative. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so catching up with Blair and Chuck now, Blair wants a progress report, uh, and Chuck is like, I, I actually am going to buy the bar now because it's a good investment. And Blair Blair still wants him to crush Vanessa, at least, because they had a deal. And Chuck says, yes, he will, but looks more disinterested in Blair than like he ever has in the series, even though she's wearing her uh, hot dress that he got her. Um, mm-hmm. and I, she wants him to notice so badly, too. Yeah, I don't even really know what happened. Like, Chuck went to the poor part of town, and a couple people said nice things to him, and it completely changed him. Like, turns out that's all he needed, I guess. Yeah. That's it. Just some validation. 
Absolutely. Um, so Vanessa sees Chuck. Chuck asks to get her a drink. Um, and again, it could just be the Vanessa-Chuck pairing, but Vanessa, not unbearable in this episode at all. And Bart interrupts, wants to speak with Chuck, and then Blair notices all of this happening, and she gives Vanessa a nice little stare down. Love a good Blair-Vanessa stare down. Oh, yeah. And I think part of the reason why Chuck may be also a little disinterested is because he's starting to notice how overly interested Blair right. is right now. So that's probably where she's losing him a little bit. Rubbing him the wrong way. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah she, want, she wants to rub him the right way. Yeah. Hey-o. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we go back to the dinner with Nate at the Humphreys. Uh, they have a big table, but I like how they're all just bunched up on one side of it. Very close family vibes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nate can't believe Jenny dropped out of school to be a designer. Jenny actually can't believe how much support she's gotten from her dad. What a 180 we've seen in the last couple of episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, and Jenny, great new hair this episode, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I think another thing Rufus could have done besides, like, yelling at Jenny in the previous episodes was, like, try to out-scheme her. I mean, he probably couldn't out-scheme Jenny. But, like, what if he somehow convinced Nate to tell Jenny to come back to school? Like, that could have worked. Oh, that's a good point. He's not, he's not thinking no, ahead, yeah. like, all these characters yeah, he's always these kids. Like, my house, my rules, my house, my rules. That's his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was good this episode, though. I liked, oh, yeah, I liked no, him great, today. great Rufus episode. They used they used him yeah. very well, just in a little, uh, you know, side character, just kind of like uh, giving his helpful parent remarks. Yeah, and a couple of funny remarks yeah. here. He asks, he asks Nate how everything at home is, and Dan sees this and tries to quickly change the subject by raving again about how good Nate is at the knee bounce thing. And, he has, <laughs> and everyone ignores him. <laughs> Everyone ignores it. He says, "He says it's amazing. It's amazing what he does." And everyone ignores it except for Nate, who just gives him like an awkward smile. Goes left knee, right knee, left and knee, so right knee. This is right knee again. This is obviously so out of the blue. And this scene in particular, I'm like, I'm surprised Nate doesn't think Dan's hitting on him, especially with that like awkward <laughs> smile he has to flash him afterwards. Hey, he does. Yeah, he gives him a little smile. <laughs> oh, that Dan. He's Thank, so cute. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> Nate tells him, "I, uh, you know, he's." staying by himself to finish school because his mom went to stay at the Hamptons. You know, Nate's parents just continue to suck here. Um, and it's lonely, but it's his house, you know? That's where the memories are. So, are, uh, I, I know we famously say that Nate is one of the more boring characters of the show, but are we finally starting to feel something for this famously boring character? Oh, I'd say so. No, and, I felt uh, something I'll, immediately. Yeah, yeah, this was you, your probably. only character. Yeah. This was your only episode with Nate, so you, you probably think he's one of the more uh, compelling characters of the show. I did. I mean, you've got... Clearly something happened with his dad. They alluded to it, but they didn't say what. Um, I do always like to think that his dad is the same, the captain, as How I Met Your Mother. Um, <laughs> I know. I can't help but think that, too. Yeah, it, it was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, but from my point of view, it's like, oh, well, this kid just was left alone to fend for himself in Manhattan. Yeah, he was. Like, you feel bad for him, and you're like, wow, Dan is really stepping out here, and maybe he shouldn't know what the whole situation, but... Once he finds out, instead of exploiting it, he offers to help. It's hard to the ignore. The first thing yeah. he does is, dude, come over, stay on our couch, play yeah. categories, and eat chili. Um, we're going to do that every single day until you show me how to do the knee thing. <laughs> Seems like a fair trade. I feel like the listeners probably think the only other show we've ever seen is How I Met Your Mother with the amount of related. Yeah, really. Like, I don't know how, why this keeps happening. but um, It really does. It hasn't come up like up to this point in, in our yeah, show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bart and Chuck are at the party. Uh, Bart confronts Chuck about his company buying a bar in Brooklyn, and Chuck wasn't hiding it from him. He just wanted to make sure everything was in place before he told him and asks if he read the proposal, but Bart, of course, hasn't even done that, so he didn't waste his time reading the proposal. But Chuck claims the tax break would be huge. Buying a landmark would give them incredible PR, which paves the way for future investment, and it's a great place. Like He has done his homework. Uh, He seems to know what he's talking about. I'm impressed with this uh, 17-year-old entrepreneur here, but uh, Bart clearly still is not. 
It's annoying because I feel like he proved himself way back in with the, uh, the Victrola. Uh, yeah, with the Victrola. He, but Bart yeah. only cares that Chuck broke his trust and refuses to see the place with Chuck. Uh, Chuck insists that it's a good move for Bass Industries. He says, I stand behind it. And this gets Bart to mock him a little bit. He's like, oh, really? Chuck Bass stands behind it? What's that worth? Which, why does he have to be such a piece of shit Goodness. to his son, man? Yeah. I don't know. That was so shit. And then it's, it's even more heartbreaking later when he talks to Vanessa and he's like, you know, I think he was right. Yeah, he's like... That's so, so heartbreaking. Like, yeah, he's he's, like, he has got a few good points. You just met me. Bart's known me my whole life, so I think he might have some good points. Like, he knows he knows who I am. So broken down. I know. Unlike Horace. Horace was there for him. <laughs> I'm true. just saying. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> Daddy you, you kind of see, like, again, with the Chuck character development, you kind of see, like, and Vanessa starts to see it, too, that Chuck has had to live... He has had no mom. He's had Bart as a dad, and he's had to live with this, like, demeaning father his whole life just bringing right. him she, down. She's a dynamic right in front of her. Yeah, and Vanessa's another character pulling a Chuck this week and just kind of watching this conversation from a close distance. So uh, yes, and she. So, I, yeah, this, so if in case you don't know or you don't watch a lot of teen dramas, this is like what happens with multiple characters every episode. Uh, a conversation that's supposed to be private is spoken too loud, or this everyone just is like in close quarters and yeah, is just watching, just creepily the watching thing. them, so they know what happens. Yes. <laughs> this is how a lot of plot lines move forward. In this TV <laughs> yeah, exactly. Show. Hey, of, if it works, it works. Right place, right yeah. time. People seeing and hearing things they shouldn't. Um, so if, or wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. yeah. Vanessa hears that Chuck say to his dad, like he gave people his word and he can't let them down. But Bart lets him know, oh man, that letting people down is his specialty. I, oh my I, I am God. surprised he didn't throw in like a, just like when you killed my wife. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like it seemed like we were getting there. Like it's like, uh, we, we have recently been revealed, uh, Slifer, that it seems that the, re- at, at least the reason Chuck thinks that Bart hates him so much is because Chuck's mom died giving birth to him. And Chuck thinks that, Bart thinks that Chuck is responsible for killing his wife. And so that is the cross that Chuck has had to bear like yes. this, this, his whole life. Here. Bart will always resent Chuck for just being alive, essentially. Yeah. That's brutal. It's and, you so know, oh, yeah. gives more clarity to the comments that he made. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised Bart wasn't just like your mother would be so disappointed in you or something like that. <laughs> your mother that you killed, by the way, would be yeah, very disappointed in you. He, he might as well have at this point. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a closer I've had with with Bart this episode too. Because first I was like, oh man, what a homophobe! Like, oh okay, maybe he wasn't going that direction. Right? Maybe he's not so bad after all. And then it's like, oh, you're an asshole to your son. Okay, we're back. Yeah, and then he seems nice at the end of it, like with the family moment. Noticeably, yeah, Chuck yeah, not there yeah, at the right? end, but with yes. everyone else. Yeah. Um, uh. Nate Nate is uh, full of chili. He tries to go, but Dan wants him to stay. <laughs> Dan wants him to stay for categories. Categories. Does, does he tell us that by going? Oh boy, I'm full of chili. Like, oh boy, I'm full like of a chili. Right? Face with his nose. <laughs> yeah, and then when he finds out that uh, Dan broke into his house, he goes, "I may be full of chili, but you're full of shit." <laughs> the most like, iconic literally. line. I actually, I think we should go back and rewrite that line into yeah. the show. That's the Lonely Boys Theater we're going to do at the end. That, that line. And then uh, Rufus, Rufus comes out. He's like, oh, boy, I made chili in my pants. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, you cross the, you cross the line. <laughs> I mean, Nate is definitely understandably put off by Dan breaking into his home. Like, I can't blame him. Like at, this, yeah. like, at this point, I get Dan's trying to help, and he did overstep, but I get where he's coming from. But I would be pissed if – and he's also like, oh, so Jenny knows this too. Like, he's like, oh, so I'm just the Humphrey's favorite charity. Who else knows about this? Like, he might be overreacting a little, but I would be heated too if I were Nate. Like, he's clearly embarrassed, and now he feels like this whole night was a sham. Like, and to go back a couple episodes again, Dan is really good at losing trust with, like, his brand new friends. I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit for oh, a second I cut at out. the end. Oh, I, I said, uh, you know, going back to a couple episodes ago, Dan is really good at, like, just losing trust with his new friends. Like, he'll make a new friend. Yeah, he really is. Chuck the last Especially time, like, and then they'll just find out that after, the whole night after, was a sham. Yeah, after clearly telling Dan 
took me to the park and seems seemingly Dan just like ignored that and went to go like, <laughs> investigate his living situation. So I could see being a little bit upset by this too. Yeah, I, it's understandable. And I even got the vibe too that uh, Humphrey has some sort of reputation maybe amongst people where he is either deceitful or is uh, trying to coerce people to do things for the wrong reasons. Yeah, That was just kind of the vibe that I got. But yeah, he's again, I always seen as an outsider. He is the uh, the poor, lowly millionaire living in Brooklyn, as opposed to the billionaires or hundred millionaires to billionaires uh, living in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Whereas Dan only became part of this world because he started dating Serena. So everyone else really looked down on him. Uh, Nate, not so much. He really just ignored Dan. But Blair and Chuck especially looked down on him and Jenny and Vanessa as people who are really just trying to scheme and find their way into this upper class society. Uh, They don't actually have their best interests. And then you got to put some blame on Dan as well, because I've been alluding to this, but a couple episodes ago, he kind of becomes friends with Chuck for an episode. But then it's revealed at the end that he was only using chuck to get uh to get material for a short story that he had to write in order to get into yale and now he becomes friends with nate but it seems like he only did that to uh to treat nate as a charity case so he's just breaking his new friend's trust left and right further confirming that what these people like already think about him right well at least this friendship he was friendly with nate for uh maybe like a week or so before he knew he had these issues so he was genuinely friendly with him friendly (laughs) yeah Yeah, well maybe i mean as nate accurately (laughs) as nate accurately describes the friendship we hang out at yale we played soccer once so what (laughs) love a dramatic nate love a dramatic nate line reading yeah but Um, they've been like becoming fast friends even even before dan knew about all all these uh his his home yeah i mean i saw that nate smile when 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 dan said he did a great knee thing it was a bromance before all this, so yeah, Nate, Nate he's seemed definitely excited. Under, underplaying it with that that scene, but yeah, he yeah. got excited when he got invited to Chile. So um, Vanessa is going to console Chuck here. She heard their whole conversation. She's sorry. Uh, she actually tells Chuck he deserves better than his dad, but Chuck isn't having it. As we said, you know, Vanessa doesn't know him. His dad has had a lifetime experience, and Chuck thinks he makes some good points. So we are again continuing the streak so of Chuck character development, as even Vanessa can start to see why Chuck is so fucked up. And this is when. It, Maybe to allude to that sexual chemistry here, Chuck takes Vanessa's hand, asks her to stay. At the same time, Blair walks by and happens to see it. So, uh, Chuck, maybe he's falling for Vanessa. Maybe uh, it's just the thing where Vanessa sees good in him and he really likes that feeling. You know, too soon to tell. Yeah, and and knowing Chuck, it's probably a little bit of both because if uh, a woman is giving him this kind of attention, he's going to be turned on by it. Sure. Um, Also, there's a chance that he grabbed the hand at the right time just knowing that, like, Blair is in the room and hopefully Ooh. she would see it. He saw Blair at the corner of his eye and was just like... It could be. Oh, Ooh, here comes the manipulation piece. Yes, yes. Um, so Interesting theory, actually. I like that. It is. Yeah, it is. especially because we've been watching the show for... Uh, well, I've been watching for over a season now. And uh, if, if you were on the same pace as us, you would kind of maybe be in the same brainwave kind of mindset we are at. Because this is just how, how he works. Like, he uh, never, never ceases to amaze with uh, his manipulation tactics. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, so Serena and Eric are going to talk to each other now. Eric tells her that Bart said he could bring Jonathan, but that there would be press here and ask if he really wanted to come out in a national magazine. So it really, like, we didn't see the scene. So was it like Bart going like, Eric, come on, do you really want to come out this way in a magazine? Or was he like genuinely like asking Eric like what he wanted? We don't know. But because, and Serena thinks he right. was just I worried. That, that not being like Eric's move, like, he's not as flashy as Serena is. And right. He might not have right. wanted to do that. Right. Eric might not be ready to come out to the world, even though he's out to, I guess, the whole 
school at this point as he made the, the dramatic moment uh, last oh, season. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I, I guess... But maybe there could have been a different way he'd done, he had done this where Bart's more just like overly supportive and just like, let's just do this. Let's go for it, man. Like, you, you, you right. do it, but you do what you want to do, but I'm here for your, your choice instead of kind of giving him the option. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we don't know exactly how that went down. Serena thinks that Bart's just worried about his own image, but optimistic Eric thinks he's just trying to protect him. So I can see both sides. I would also be like Serena here and assume Bart has yeah. bad intentions. But, you know, I also want Eric to believe his family loves him and wants to protect him. Like, I, I want both of these things to be to be true. Well, not to be true, but I want uh, like I, I, I like where Serena's coming from, but I also want Eric's way of thinking to be true. Right. Um, yes. So while they're discussing this, a reporter comes over, asks them some questions. I guess I've never been to a party uh, like this fancy where like pro- reporters walk around and want to ask me questions. That's never uh-huh. happened to me. <laughs> they asked Serena about their close yeah, family. It looks like there was a, a quarter of the party were these reporters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just there was around. a significant number of them there. Um, yeah. Yeah. They ask Serena and Eric about the close-knit family, if any memories stick out, and Lily comes over because she knows this is going to be a disaster. And she's like, uh, 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 yeah, I just need to talk to Serena. And Serena's just like, uh, excuse me? You said our family's close-knit? I will not stand for that. So she's going to start revealing how shitty Lily really is and telling her all about how she would abandon them for weeks at a time and German Klaus and Danish Klaus. And the reporters are definitely loving this as Serena shares the story about the White Christmas where Lily's raging cokehead boyfriend left blow everywhere. Uh, once again. Yeah, I mean, this is probably what they're hoping for. <laughs> yeah, only, on the shining sur- only on the shiny yeah, surfaces. Yeah. It wasn't everywhere, just the smooth That was <laughs> my joke of the episode at the time. <laughs> oh, at the time. Okay. Yeah, that was really good. Yes. I love chaotic fuck my family, Serena. I love that even Eric, when he has that line. Um, and then when she's like, was that German close with a K or Danish close with a C? I can't even remember which one she actually married or which one she just decided were more important than her children. So good. Um, <laughs> Eric says something like this later, but like it shouldn't be revealed out in the open like this, I guess. But this is what Lily gets for being a shitty mom all these years. Like if you make your kids feel like right. shit, they're going to do something to get back at you, especially if they're like spoiled rich kids like this. Oh, yeah. And Eric walks a perfect line here where he's like, uh, you know, Serena, we shouldn't be doing this. It's not like right to mom. But also, like, we'll still chime in with a joke <laughs> in the middle of her rant. Exactly. Like, so he's yeah, still exactly. He's still playing in. the side of like the yeah. kid and like the <laughs> exactly. moral center. Exactly. And this also, is by the way, just com- like to point out, I-, I was a little disappointed in uh, Lily's hair in this party. It's pretty poofy and not great. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, di- I didn't <laughs> yeah. notice it, to be honest. But you are uh, the much closer Lily observer, so... Uh, unfortunate yes. but this is when serena comes to the realization that it's not even bart that she's mad at at all it's lily and i think the realization makes sense in this moment uh brendan you still uh bart lily and law and order you still on that team right now or are you a uh, team serena oh i've been on team serena the whole time all right good just just checking just guy yeah of course uh, yeah that that is the correct I mean, she's still, I don't yeah, think... she's my day one favorite <laughs> i just know that brendan loves rules he i does but i'm not a Serena. You get, I mean, you can't yeah. not feel for her in this episode. Of course. Yeah, I think Especially we're all once I find out she hasn't been wearing underwear all episode long, then I'm going to be on her <laughs> side. <laughs> Brendan heard that and immediately made a note uh, MVP Serena didn't wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes relatable at that point for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He really saw himself in Serena. Um, Blair and Chuck again. Blair has called the bet off because, uh, you know, 
she needs her guy Chuck to get away from Vanessa. So this this bet worked better than Chuck could have ever imagined. And Chuck notices the sudden change of heart, wants to know why. And Blair claims that, uh, you know, it's because pursuing Vanessa is beneath them both. Isn't worth it. But Chuck thinks it's because Blair is worried she's going to have to go through with what she promised. And Blair says she is not worried about that, but is speechless when Chuck asks what In it fact, is. I'm what is it that, that. you Yeah. What then what are you worried about? And it's rare to see Blair so tongue tied here, but uh she she definitely wants the Chuck again. Oh, a hundred percent. She that says like, like, oh, what? Uh, you know what? Whatever. Don't forget about it. Like, that's not like usually she just like quip after quip after quip. And she just is uh, kind of flustered here. Yeah, she's very flustered, very tongue tied here. Doesn't know what to say. Um, so def- definitely seems like she's uh, falling for Chuck again. Uh, more about Lily and Eric. I love this scene between the two of them. Like Lily's in disbelief. She asks Eric to tell her if what Serena said was true. She's like, you're always honest to me. And it looks like Serena's stunt actually did win Eric over a little bit. As he tells Lily, he's like, I know Serena's timing sucked, but she did pretty much raise me all those years. You just weren't here, you know? Also, tells her the ringtone for her was Since You've Been Gone, which is a great tune. <laughs> Very sad, but oh, wow. definitely a nice great bop that they got to listen to <laughs> whenever uh, they <laughs> And Vanya the doorman used to have to sign their permission slips from school. I think this might be the first Vanya reference. Renny, can you confirm that? Have we heard of uh, Vanya before? I don't think I have. Do we get more? Uh, yeah, he'll be. He'll actually be a character moving forward here. Not to spoil some things, oh, okay, but cool. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, Lily yeah, defends I mean, herself. I mean, this, this mention of uh, Serena, like kind of parenting him too. Like, even more points yeah. for Serena this episode. Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, Lily defends herself, but Eric explains like we can't just go from zero to Brady in sixty seconds. You know, it's not fair to expect them to be able to do all that. They aren't there yet. So, and He's then, talking about Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. You can't expect them to go from. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can't expect us to be like Tom Brady's family, where they kiss each other on the mouth. You know, <laughs> in sixty we'll seconds. We'll get there, though. We'll, we'll, get, certainly we'll get, there. get there. We'll kiss each other soon. We're just not right now. Um, and he says another great line, where he says, "You don't become a family just by telling people are you are. You become a family by wanting to be one." And he's been very wow. pro family all episode, but he's still able to talk some sense into Lily here. He continues to be the voice of reason in the show. Can't say enough good things about our short king, Eric. Oh, yes. And he gets we through to her, too. short king. He does. He's, he's parenting her. Um, so let's go to another weird food moment where Rufus and Dan are eating these gross popsicles. <laughs> um, and like this, the way this they start the scene off makes it seem like they're going to at least comment on these things. <laughs> They just get grossed right? out by them and throw them out. Right, so right, right. It's so weird. What? First of all, what a um, sad life Dan has if this is what his Saturday night has come to eating popsicles with Rufus. But then they can't even enjoy their popsicles and they throw them out. But what was that? Why was that included in the scene? Okay, so do you remember back at the very beginning of this podcast, I said that some of the dialogue felt a little awkward. Yes, this scene is exactly what I had in mind. It, it almost seemed like one of those things that, like, if you're the editor or the director, you're like, you know, that that could be cut. It doesn't really flow. And <laughs> yeah, that could be cut. On the second watch through, it's, you just gloss over it, and yeah. everybody that watches is like, what is? what was the point? You'd think the popsicle thing would be the first thing they cut for time. I get maybe this episode they needed to fill more time, and so I don't. Josh maybe. Schwartz was just like, it, looks, it seems like a callback that they'd cut the first part of the <laughs> yeah, joke, and then the callback didn't make sense. It seems like some maybe the director was like, <laughs> all right, how are we gonna fill time? I don't know. We have these two popsicles left over from catering last week. Uh, here, guys, <laughs> take these popsicles. I don't care what you do with them. Just like fill a couple seconds. I'm like okay, so yeah. they just say these popsicles are bad. Okay, let's throw them out. <laughs> and then they throw them out and get on with the scene. It's so. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) random but yeah 
this is what we've come to. And they're really bent out of shape, those popsicles. I mean, it was yeah, kind of funny were, then it was saying this one's carbonated. Yeah, it was a weird shape. This is what we've come to. We're spending two minutes talking about the popsicle scene of... Gossip. Yeah, well, I mean, we're making fun of it, but I mean, they got us talking about it, so they they got so. what they wanted out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's true. So now that they don't have those popsicles, they have to worry about. Rufus can tell Dan not to give up on Nate, uh, but Dan wants to respect Nate's wishes, which I get. But Rufus tells Dan that uh, Nate probably doesn't have anyone else looking out for him, and he, Dan needs to be that person, which seems like a little bit of a big ass because they literally did just become friends. But you know, you know, Rufus, the Humphreys in general, not really big on boundaries, so he's like, listen, even when Nate tells you not to, you have to ignore him and just do it anyway. And I, I think it would yeah. make more sense for Chuck to fill this role but again chuck and nate are not speaking right now so i guess it does have to be dan i guess so i mean i, mm-hmm. I think even earlier forcing him to come over for chili is like kind of overstepping that boundary definitely i would have felt uncomfortable doing that um but now that they've gotten past that he's right this is uh, nate's only chance at uh some sort of family life or just uh a place to stay that isn't uh, on the ground and <laughs> yeah. uh, near pizza boxes <laughs> yeah exactly um, uh, Brendan, you said that you would you would have felt uncomfortable with the with the chili, but I would just like to point out that you came to my house, hours <laughs> away from where you live, and, sp- and spent days there. Never having met without him, ever, we hadn't even met. Yeah, no, I would have felt uncomfortable as Dan. So in your shoes, you should be uncomfortable with me coming. I was I was happy to come. So Nate oh, should I, be psyched about it. I was ready. I was like, you know what, this is going to be an adventure, um, and. <laughs> <laughs> what's my worst case scenario here you turn out to be some serial killer yeah. there'll yeah, be a book yeah. about us it'll be I just interesting do that. Gagan has a great judge of character so like you know this guy sounds alright I'm, I'm sure we'll have a great time if we both oh, like your mother and Ska then we'll be fast friends <laughs> honestly That's all if, you need. if Brendan was Nate the storyline would just be him knocking on random doors with his overnight bag saying I'm ready to stay here <laughs> <laughs> huh. yeah well you know I'm actually pissed off now that we are bringing this up again we did not have chili uh, yeah, I dropped the ball there. Um, yeah. You know what? I think we did go to Wendy's at some point, and I had a Baconator, if I remember correctly. Not um, the same thing, but that's good. No, it's something. I'm just re- <laughs> recalling the meals we had. Okay, good. I, I can't actually <laughs> but was, remember was not fed well. Yeah. Um, I was not fed well. God, hopefully, re- once again, hopefully Slifer's <laughs> mom isn't listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Vanessa is trying to get her purse back. Blair has taken it because she wants Vanessa's phone. I guess I never realized at these like fancy parties that you can't just like walk around with your phone all night because you're probably in like a nice gown or something. So they have to have to put them in their bags. And Blair has deleted the picture from her phone. Now Vanessa has nothing on her. Obviously, Vanessa is a rookie here at Blackmail because she probably should have like backed this picture up somewhere just in case this happened, especially since her phone wasn't going to be on her. Yeah, yes. I, I mean, because there's a scene um, with her maybe in season one somewhere. Um, that she has like copies and copies of copies of like right. some blackmail. I forget what it the, is exactly, the, but yeah, uh, that was the pool party episode, right? Where she has the whole thing on camera. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, don't worry, I have plenty more copies of this tape or whatever. So, but like the one picture on her cell phone, she couldn't make another <laughs> yeah, copy exactly. of her, send it to herself, <laughs> she or email send it to whatever. someone. Yeah, email it to herself. Yeah. Like, what's she doing? <laughs> um, thank God, though, Blair has found her bitchy side again because she tears into Vanessa here. She tells her that uh, she hasn't actually discovered a new Chuck. It's just a little bet they made to see how gullible she could be. But Vanessa's skeptical. She asks her this whole plan to get back at Dan, you know, a little convoluted, even for the two of them, which we, yeah. which we also still, agree It seems with. like even though Blair's back on her shit right here, it still feels like she's flailing. She is flailing, yeah, but I... I I even enjoy watching her like flail here because it's still yeah of course it's still better than uh, not getting this. So she says seducing and humiliating Vanessa was the ultimate goal. Uh, Vanessa tells her that he didn't hit on her once, which I guess is true. They had that handhold or whatever, but I guess yeah he didn't. I mean when Chuck hits on you, I guess you know that it's happening. So I guess she's right that Chuck didn't actually yes, hit on her. Yes, yes. 
but Blair just can't stand to think that Chuck might actually be a good person when he's not around Blair. And that's when Chuck comes over to ask what's going on, and Blair says, tying up some loose ends, telling Vanessa that she doesn't mean anything to you. We were just playing chess, and she was another piece that you needed to knock over on your way to take the queen. Do you disagree? And Chuck is speechless. I bet Blair prepared that speech, like, so many times. She was just, like, rehearsing it, waiting for that to happen. <laughs> mm, I bet. It was the so the delivery on it seemed so intentional and it was such a deep dig and the phrasing of it was just like yes. chef's kiss, you know? Yeah, that was good. This is where we get her at her best. Exactly. Uh, Chuck is confused, but Blair tells him that Vanessa was clearly just humiliated, so he won the bet, so come claim his prize in an hour. Uh, Chuck doesn't feel like he won anything. Like, it, it looks like he doesn't really care. He just, like I keep saying, he just wants to be a good boy. He wants to be good boy Chuck, but uh, we get a nice gossip girl voice over here where she says you made your bet now you have to lie in it i like that one that was good you like that yeah you made your bet <laughs> i feel like slifer would like that too <laughs> i laughed that's brendan's way you, of, you made your that's brendan's way of saying that joke wasn't funny yeah. right which is why i liked it <laughs> saying i bet slifer was that might good. be a, a running theme here moving on with this uh, lonely boys i might say yeah slifer would like that shit if i don't think it's funny <laughs> yeah and when we have a garbage episode we'd be like as for this episode i think slifer might like this one if you know what we're saying <laughs> <laughs> our garbage correspondent uh, garbage correspondent yeah you, colin is main correspondent you've lost that title you are now our garbage correspondent you know what i'm honored to have that title too <laughs> wow all right uh chuck goes back to the bar now and ah poor chuck is now even papa horace is pissed at him uh and you know i uh, you, you hate to see chuck it knows he has no reason to trust him and he says he doesn't care what horace thinks about him but i think he does but He's not giving up. He's going to save this place. Horace isn't having it. He knows people, but he was wrong about Chuck. And it just seems like a stupid move from Horace here. Like, why would Chuck come back just to lie again? And even if he is just fucking with you, like, again, the same thing with Vanessa earlier in the episode. What do you have to lose at this point? Chuck is here saying he wants to save the bar. I mean, what... What right. is the worst that can happen? I think happen? Horace is just upset with him right yeah, now. like he gets you just again. Just by Chuck showing up shows that he cares and he wants to do this. Um, right. Like, yeah. you're, you're totally right. Though. Like, what does he have to lose? If he tries to buy it again and it fails, like, you're still where you were before he came in. Yeah. Vanessa's already made it to the bar from the party, and she is listening in again from behind a wall. And it looks <laughs> yeah, like... where she lives. looks like she might... Exactly. <laughs> right. It's her, it's her bedroom. <laughs> it, probably, it probably is. If she's not staying at the home Got a bed on the floor, of she course. She's staying at this speakeasy. That's the whole reason she wants to save this bar, because she won't have a place to live if she... <laughs> if, <laughs> if it gets torn down or whatever. And it looks like she might have been wrong about Chucky Boy after all. Even though he, he then seemingly goes to bang Blair to get his oh, prize. Oh, yes, but more on that and later. And I wonder if if in this scene uh, with, with Horace, um, he starts to plan on what he's going to do with Blair, um, or if he decides what he's going to do in the if moment it was all with in Blair the moment. here. But we'll, yeah. you get, get, get into it, and we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it. Well, first we get uh, a nice Dan and Serena heart-to-heart here. Uh, Dan's here at Nate's house because he thinks that he and Nate are hopefully still friends. Serena just needed to get out of the house to talk to someone. Uh, I thought it was kind of cute that she went to Nate, but then she explains, you know, yeah. Blair's busy, Chuck is Chuck. But I, I still like that she still feels close enough to Nate to have a heart-to-heart with him. Uh, maybe maybe right. she could convince Nate to come live with her. That would be nice, but... That would be nice. I'm, I'm glad they're friends because they, they had... Well, so, for Slifer, the, the series starts with... Um, a flashback of Serena banging Nate while Nate was dating Blair. So uh, they have that history, but since then they've just been like nice platonic friends. Which yeah, is nice, they've been good friends. Which doesn't happen often on this show. Yeah. I actually have a strong opinion about this scene. Um, okay, do tell. So, as you know, got to bring weather into it at some point. You didn't think you were going to get through the entire episode without weather <laughs> I was, being I was, I was wondering. wondering. I was, waiting I was for hoping it. we would. So the average temperature um, in 
Central Park <laughs> on October 20th. It's 63 degrees during the day and 50 at night, right? Yes. So uh, Pretty good. This scene happened after dark, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and the characters in the scene were not wearing what I would consider to be warm clothing. I think that in order to make it a little more accurate to fall in New York, whatever, uh, they should have been wearing like jackets and long pants because 50 degrees <laughs> is not warm. That is true. That is That's true. true. You, know yeah. you raise some good points. Uh, it definitely has to do with that. They're probably uh, filming these weeks in advance, so it probably is much warmer. But, you know, to stay in the timeline of the show, Gossip Girl even said in the beginning, it is autumn here in. Uh, yeah, they made that very yeah. clear very with those clear. opening shots of Central Park. Yeah. They made that very clear. This show takes place on Friday and Saturday, and the lowest temperature least... it reached at night was 55 degrees. So I think it, that's also in the show notes. Along with this, it also says here that Rufus was also commando this episode. Or at least, <laughs> or at least we should have gotten some kind of expository dialogue where uh, Serena says, Dan, I can't help you're not notice. I, I can't help but notice you're not wearing any uh, warm clothing. And Dan says, same to you, Serena. And they say, well, that's because it is an unseasonably warm night tonight in New York City. And then people <laughs> yes. say, that makes sense. No wonder, For all the weather heads no out wonder there, we're not wearing warm clothing. Let's get on that's with That's why our... they were all commandos, because it was so warm. It makes <laughs> exactly. sense. Yeah. I think that dialogue should have Maybe been Maybe there's a scene that was cut here where there it was so unseasonably warm that they were eating ice pops well, <laughs> <laughs> but they were carbonated and kind well, of kind of limp yeah. so they threw them away to bring back up eating i don't know what uh dan is eating here but um dan is randomly eating something and puts a spoon to his mouth just in one random spe- scene and i really thought it was a vape for two seconds i thought dan <laughs> randomly had a vape that he was puffing inventor on. of the vape yeah <laughs> he was puffing on but no he was spooning something into his mouth we, we don't know what it is i don't know what's happening but again they just had a bunch of food that yogurt. they needed to get rid of um yeah <laughs> he goes to talk to nate and just brought some a snack with him for some reason maybe he thought nate was hungry that probably was it uh, serena says nice the one. only person she wants to talk to dan she can't anymore because they have broken up again uh so dan says you know pretend like i'm nate and serena tells dan everything that happened tonight and uh, you know what is the big twist that she thought bart was the problem but it's actually lily and dan thinks that lily acts like she's perfect because she's too ashamed to acknowledge how far from it she's actually been and that's when <laughs> serena's like i thought you're supposed to be nate like basically saying uh nate's far too dumb to ever say anything this insightful like literally what would nate have right. even said that, in this that situation was, that was a good dig he'd be like oh, <laughs> that was very funny that sucks serena i'm really sorry about that sorry i, I didn't hear you i was busy with my yogurt here <laughs> Sorry, I was doing the knee thing. Yeah, Slifer, Nate is the, the resident <laughs> idiot of the show, and everyone treats him as such. <laughs> okay, even, fair even, enough. Even though he does have Yale as one of his safety schools for college next year. Yeah. Man, money. It can yeah. get you some crazy places. Oh, yeah. Must be nice. Um, Serena apologized for everything. So does Dan. And they get back together again. Just kidding. They they don't, oh, but they just no. have, they have a nice little moment. But the scene is cute between the two of them. No, it's I nice do. Of them I, to be... Yeah, I like Friendly. it. Also, where the hell is Nate? Is he just hiding in his room while they have a heart-to-heart on his stoop? Like, what, is, what was happening here? I think so. They're yeah, both at Nate's at house, house and Nate is, is it, like, Nate has to be at his house. He's not anywhere else. But neither of them, like, <laughs> knocked on the door or anything? Or did they both knock? He's just refusing to answer, and he's just kind of, like, sitting there with his arms crossed as he likes to do. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> sitting there having their own heart-to-heart while, while, uh... I won't go outside. While Bart comes... Two things. I'm surprised that Bart knows Daniel's name. He says, hello, Daniel. And hello, Daniel. I'm also surprised that Eric knew that Serena would be at Nate's house. Maybe Serena told Eric that she was going there because that, that's the only uh, viable yeah, explanation here. I guess he just knows him because of Rufus. Hello, Daniel. I know your father fucked my wife. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> um, so Serena does agree to go and 
uh, with Bart, tells Dan she's really glad that he and Nate are friends because uh, Nate needs someone like Dan right now. Fuck Chuck, I guess. He, he needs Dan. Um, are we liking the uh, new Dan and Nate friendship as much as Serena is? I'm loving it. Uh, as a one t- episode viewer, huge fan. Yeah, I like it. They, yeah, they both, I, I think they they both need friends. They both, yeah, they both need something new to do, especially Nate. Uh, we there's only so many times we could get the rest of the cast in on a story and Nate just off on the side having sex with an older woman. Yeah, and I've, I've, yes, and I've been waiting for a poor and a rich to get together as friendship too. <laughs> yes. The classic poor and rich friendship. Um, yes. I, I love that Bart takes her in home, but does not even offer Dan a ride. <laughs> you say that stoop, you weirdo. Daniel, you'll be fine sitting on Nathaniel's stoop, won't you? Won't you, my boy? <laughs> um, back, back to the penthouse. Everyone's gone. It's just Lily and Eric. And uh, Lily doesn't seem too mad at Serena and actually apologizes. Uh, Serena, also not combative anymore, says she uh, said something she shouldn't have. But Lily doesn't want to apologize tonight. She wants to apologize about the 17 years she wasn't there and for putting the men in her life before them. I, I like that Lily has come around like she always does. And we can actually, yeah, up to yeah, it. We can actually enjoy this little family moment, although without Chuck, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. It was wholesome, we, we though. Need more of it him. It was. Yes, yep. it, we, it, yeah, that's true. It might not be so wholesome if Chuck was there. Char- uh, Bart should have been like, good thing Charles isn't here to ruin the moment like he always does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like his mother's... His, <laughs> yeah. Just like he ruined his... <laughs> it's like his mother... What were you going to say? Just like his mother's vagina. Regine. I was going to say just like <laughs> his mother's life. But I started laughing before I could get it out. Okay. <laughs> I also like, like that uh, Serena, ruined says, her pelvis. Serena says it wasn't all bad. There was a brief period between Klaus's, and I love these two new recurring Klaus characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of mentions. Uh, they're all sitting on the ground around the table eating. This is like their signature move for when the family is getting along. Like, Slifer, if you ever see another random episode, if you ever see this scene, like the Vanderwoodson uh, Bass family just sitting around a table, you know it's a uh, Vanderwoodson happy ending here. Life is good for yeah, that exa- exactly. moment. Yes. When they sit at a table, they hate each other. When they sit on the floor around a table without chairs, that's how you know they're getting along. That's a happy ending. Exactly. <laughs> um, and Serena also apart- apologizes to Bart and Lily and uh, you know, says this is who the family is. And uh, well, Lily, yeah, Lily says that this is who the family is and she doesn't care who knows about it. You know, We'll see how long that lasts. I feel like Lily's just going to go back to her own ways, old ways of caring about what people think very soon. But at least for now, this is a nice moment. And Lily asks Bart if, if he for killed now. the story and he replies that he already put out the hit as everyone laughs at his uh, menacing comment. So, <laughs> But it's just, it's just funny that there were never really any stakes here since Bart can just do whatever he wants and kill whatever story he wants. Exactly, yeah. No matter what happens, he's, he's in control of the news. Yeah, uh, as a member of the the journalism family also, um, I think that if I was in the position of the reporter and all of this stuff came out about, you know, billionaire Bart, if I had any inkling that there was, you know, an issue, I'd probably still run the story. I'd I'd burn the bridge to to get the story. You gotta make a name for yourself. You don't know how much, either how much money Bart was offering them or what kind of dart Bart has on them. Like, I, I, Bart is a very powerful. This is all true. He is a, he's, very powerful. he is a 12 billionaire. I'm sure he could pay them off if he wants to. And if that didn't work, I'm sure he has, can use one of his many private investigators to find something about them. You know, this is all, these are all good points, but uh, I don't have that background. Yeah. So. Right. So, uh, um, Jenny and Rufus are also getting along here. In in addition to the Vander Woodsons and Basses, sans Chuck getting along with that uh, very heartwarming scene. And also, I, I we won't touch on that storyline again i don't think so I, I think um even though there's no chuck and even though we don't really know the whole details about the bart eric storyline i do think this was a nice uh, satisfying conclusion to this oh yeah definitely 
Agreed. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, Jenny and Rufus also getting along, which they have not been doing recently, but they're having their little game night. And I feel like uh, Dan's Saturday night was more sad than this. I feel like if Jenny actually wanted to do something night, she really could have. And she's actually choosing to just stay at home and play games with her dad. Whereas Dan's Saturday night, like the highlight is eating popsicles with dad. He has no other options. Yeah. I think also partially that since Jenny now doesn't go to school anymore and she just works with a bunch of old ladies, I don't think she really has any like friends uh, for the weekends. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So uh, in comes Dan. Looks like he's convinced Nate to come live with them because in comes Nate as well. And, you know, I did get a little emotional. Yeah, he walks in the door doing that knee trick as soon as he pops in. <laughs> he does the knee thing. He's doing the knee thing. And Dan was just like, see, I told you. I told you. I told you. <laughs> oh, no, but Nate's got his bag. I was emotional. I like that. They, you know, because I... Uh, they, they're all so supportive here. Jenny immediately gets the ice cream. Rufus goes into embarrassing dad mode, but tells Nate, he's like, oh yeah, Nate, one more thing. Make yourself at home. And I, I'm very happy for our guy, Nate. Sweet. Also, very sweet. Rufus, again, we've mentioned, but he's really at his best here. Like, uh, just being like the supportive dad kind of making his embarrassing jokes and, you know, telling him to make himself at home uh, should be an interesting new living arrangement. Yeah, plus, uh, I forget that Jenny's probably more friendly with Nate than Dan is. Oh, yeah, for sure. They have had more scenes before this episode. Yeah, they had, like, a little uh, older brother, little sister type of thing going on. Yeah, so he's friendly with the whole family. He, he's going to fit in right, in right in here. And Vanessa's always there, and he's had a, a relationship with right. Vanessa in the past. Like, the whole thing. That could come into play. He can slip right in here. Oh, yeah, especially since he officially has no money, so he's perfect. Exactly, right. since, since he's a poor now. As long as he likes chili. As long as he likes chili, exactly. <laughs> he fucking better. So and wham. Blair is waiting for Chuck. Our obligatory end of the episode Chuck and Blair scene, as we've gotten pretty much every episode this season. And Blair, gotta gotta say, she looks amazing. But I couldn't stop staring at those two giant fire sticks she had set up at the end of the bed. Uh, <laughs> looks like a fire hazard, very dangerous. Slifer, you know I'm very anti-fire. And like, they were this so tall. An yes, they were even more hazardous. An anti-fire. They could have anti- just tipped over. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Imagine the whole bed sheet just went up in flames. Like, uh. Which was my first thought. That the bed that, could that go that up in flames or that uh, this is an anti-fire podcast? Oh, well, I, I guess both, but more so that the bed was going to go up in flames. Okay, look, we don't need to get too graphic here, but clearly okay. <laughs> we know what, what Blair is expecting, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, that's physical. There's, yeah. there's like, motion there. Yeah. The bed, Why would you yeah. want the bed to be that rocking. close to fire? Yeah, that's really bad. The candle tips over. That would have been a terrible ending to this episode, I must say. <laughs> um Blair's ready for Chuck, asks what took him so long, and Chuck says, if you thought that was long, uh, you have no go. idea what you're in for. And I got to assume that oh, was man. the joke of the episode. That's absolutely it. <laughs> can, I, can I do that, a quick like, reading of that in please, Chuck's voice? Yeah, please do. If you thought that was long, you have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> as soon as I heard it, I thought that might be the joke of the episode for Brendan. Oh, my God. With, with, what a, a bang to leave... I mean, well, almost banged to leave the episode. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah, yes. uh, Chuck. Tri- oh, very intended. Chuck tried to be a good guy. It didn't really work, but at least he has Blair as a consolation prize. What a, I, I can't really even think of a better consolation prize here. And we get some nice hot slow motion makeout scenes. Pro- I mean, was this your horny scene of the episode, Brenton? Yeah, I guess if we start ranking those, I, I probably should. And we honestly. don't have to. We um, definitely don't have to. <laughs> no, I should. It was the horniest of the episode. You are the creepy but uncle of podcasting, after all. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because we get the, the, um, the three words motif comes back again as Chuck tells Blair to say those three words that she wanted him to say back in the season two premiere. And I, again, I kind of agree that it's kind of unfair for Chuck to expect that since he couldn't say it when she wanted him to do it. And it's also kind of sad that Chuck is just so desperate to have someone say something positive or like affirming to him. Like he really needs this right now. But Blair tells him she'll say anything. But when he makes that request, she responds with, are you kidding? 
and she is not down to do it. So it's, it's heartbreaking both things because Blair's like, Chuck couldn't say this to me, but he wants me now to say this to him. And Chuck is like, I just right. need anyone to tell to tell me they love me right now because I have no one. Right. Not and even Horace will tell me he loves me I don't even think he was ready to anymore. say it back to her. I think he just wanted someone to say it to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is not really how, that, how that's right. going to work. The, the classic line that I flagged up the first time it happened, eight letters, three syllables, say them and I'm yours. And I get chills every time. Even though Blair still can't say it, even though she she wanted it from Chuck, but uh, she says she's prepared to settle. I, I think she could have said it in that moment in season in the season two premiere, but I don't think she was ready to say it here. She's doesn't. Oh, quite she would have. If, if right Chuck, now she's, yeah, if Chuck said it to her, she would a hundred percent have said it. But now, right, uh, but right now it's more lusty. Yeah, now I she's think. prepared prepared to settle for no love. But Chuck, uh, again, he's like, maybe I'm not. He says, and Blair says, Chuck Bass, I. We think she might say it. But she says, we'll never say those words to you. And I get I get Blair doesn't want to be burned again. But at the same time, much like Chuck did in the first episode, Blair wants Chuck. And she has Chuck right in front of her. And she just can't let it happen. So I guess, um, no. do you guys blame Blair here at all? Um, I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't have as much context. I didn't know about the Chuck not saying this to her when she asked for it. Yes. So in in that moment, I did blame Blair. But uh, now that I understand the the storyline's a little more complicated, I can't say that I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Is it the history? If you know the history of it, you you can't like you said before, you can't let her, let her get burned again. Right. Because and I, and I understand that's where she's she's at right now. His history says that he will in fact burn her. Right. And I and I completely get it. But at the same time, it's so frustrating because it's like Blair has wanted Chuck this whole time and then just doesn't and then Chuck wanted Blair the whole time and now he does like it, the whole thing they spend every episode yearning for each other and then when the other person says say these words and I'm yours the other one can't do it so it's just it's so it's just right. like I just want these two but neither of them have proven to like be able to be right because they're both love, such lovable or like yeah because they're both they, such pieces neither of them shit should say it. yeah they're both such right. pieces of shit that it just can't <laughs> and i just want them to just be happy with each other and it kills me every time even though i've seen this show and i know everything that's going to happen it's still going to yes. kill me but the, but the, at least the passion's there for now i, I right. doubt that she will never say it right but this completely kills the moment for now as chuck gets up and blair demands to know if this is because of vanessa she's like vanessa was just a I mean, understandably that's so it. yeah if but, someone told me in the middle of like pre-coitus they didn't love me <laughs> yeah even if i didn't ask them if they just said like i don't love you while we're about to do it i'll be like i guess i'm kind of out that's some interesting yeah. uh, some interesting foreplay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chuck wants to raise the stakes though he's done chasing blair and now it's time blair chases chuck as he walks out of the room this is what we've been talking about all of a sudden the turntables and uh like i said these two really need to get on the same page but it looks like we might get blair chasing after chuck now where we've had chuck chasing after blair in previous episodes so that's the end of the episode uh I guess predictions right now, Brendan, what is next for the Chuck and Blair situation? And is Vanessa potentially still going to be in the mix? I think Vanessa is going to be in the mix. And I think it's going to be now since Blair is the one that's fiending after Chuck, I think Chuck's going to be kind of trying to ignore her a little bit um, and maybe be slightly more interested in Vanessa, and which is, will piss off Blair even more because she is so beneath her in Blair's eyes. All right. All right. Um, and what does the Dan and Nate roommate situation look like going forward? Uh, best friends for the rest of the series. Uh, best buds for life. They're ah. going to get tattoos that are matching. <laughs> tattoos of a guy doing the <laughs> knee thing with a soccer ball. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, how many episodes do you think uh, Nate is living here? Or do you think it's done with in the next episode? Or do you think mm -hmm. it happens for the rest of the series? I think maybe it could be like a, a big season arc. Maybe it, I don't think it goes into season three, but it, it's a, a chunk of the 
the season here. Do you think they kiss at all? There's going to be a kiss at the season finale when Nate uh, begrudgingly leaves the apartment. Okay. All right. <laughs> Lock that in as official prediction. Uh, Slifer, since, <laughs> since you have not seen any other Gossip Girl, uh, you can predict some stuff uh, as well if you want. I'm going to answer similar questions. First and foremost, absolutely Vanessa's still involved. And I think Brendan's on the right track where Blair being so over-the-top interested in Chuck kind of pushes him away, at least for the time being. Um, I think that Nate is going to live with them for the remainder of the season, not the remainder of the Mm. series. And I think that there's going to be some issue that pops up with uh, Jenny and Nate and drama between the two of them upsets Dan enough to push Nate out and end the friendship. I like it. I like where I like where your head's at. Some good stuff. If that doesn't happen, maybe you should be writing for Gossip Girl because there's some great ideas. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Nate's willing to go old and young, so it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's true. Nate, there, he no sounds kind of like he's got the uh, when he uses Tinder, he's got the age range from 18 to 100. <laughs> <laughs> the proper way to use Tinder, any and all. Yeah, yeah. Come one, come all. Um, so that's it for this episode. Um, next week, the episode is called Pret a Porjay. So, do you have any predictions based on that uh, episode title, Brendan? Hmm. I, I was gonna say that I don't, that sounds like a bunch of gibberish to me, but <laughs> with knowing that Jenny's nickname is Jay, and we've heard the phrase "poor Jay" before, um, something happens to poor Jay. I don't, I don't like. She's been uh, killing it as of recently, and I don't I don't want her to have another another slip up. Well, it seems like you're correct, as the um, little blurb for next week says: "A young model encourages Jenny's wild side." Oh, that's fun! I am though. very right. excited I'm, for I'm the for next that. episode. I know who the. Uh, guest character is going to be for this model and i'm very oh, excited cool. to see her so that will be a lot of fun let's get that into- sounds great i thought it was gonna be more work issues so yeah. I'm glad well it's more kind of yeah silly stuff yeah um all right all right so let's get into some segments as we are now past the two hour marks so let's let's zoom past these segments this i all can't right. believe this happens every week to us but uh user review of the week i am sad to report again that we are down to only one review again for this episode and it's from our our good friend comedy fan uh 2010 or comedy wow friend really taking the reins on this 2103 uh, whatever his name is um yeah it's it's a little bit of a boring one but (laughs) really just uh it's gotta be done simple sentence it feels like nate maybe uh wrote this wrote this uh review (laughs) okay chuck and blair playing games is always fun to watch now chuck has the upper hand we'll see how this will go Serena fighting with Lily was. Oh, <laughs> Serena fighting with Lily was also all right, and Dan finding out what Nate's situation is was also a great moment. We will get to see them live together. This will sure be a good part of the show. It's just covering everything <laughs> one by one. Okay, <laughs> great. Thanks, comedy fan. Couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> oh. uh, and for a comedy fan, like very funny too. I have to admit. <laughs> um, let's get into the episode grades um what episode was this episode seven all right so you went first last week brendan so i will go first this week and okay <laughs> this was a good episode of gossip girl i think every plot was good but nothing stood out as like special to me like i love all the stuff with yeah. sabrina rebelling against her family <laughs> the nate and dan plot was an interesting start to a potentially interesting arc i always love chuck and blair mess arounds but uh this one pretty tame compared to their other team up so uh not enough blair in general i guess in this episode although i did enjoy the final scene with them and definitely not enough jenny but uh she and rufus did have good supporting roles in the episode rufus even back to his own his old uh, dorky dilf self instead of like the uh the annoying like bossing around type oh, yeah. so uh so i think it's a b just a classic good but not great episode of gossip girl so i i will have it as a b. Right. uh slifer do you want to go second or do you want to go third 
I'll go second. All right, Slifer, what's um, your episode grade? I actually give this a B plus. Oh, I think what kept it from being an A is that there were a handful of dialogue moments that I just didn't feel were natural. The uh, popsicle scene, <laughs> as, <laughs> as much as I've come to appreciate it, uh, I don't think it really added much to the story. And there was a couple moments like that throughout the episode. Um, however, the storyline itself was intriguing. The Vanessa, Blair, Chuck dynamics were fascinating. Um the whole family situation, especially just with Serena's outbursts, were fun to watch and explore those dynamics a bit. So yeah, B plus. All, All right. right. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. B plus for me as well. Whoa, um, so I, I'm the low man. I, I was I was I remember watching this and being like, "All right, this is a little slow. The stakes are a little. They're not as high as they are as they can be on Gossip Girl." But with that said. Everyone's storyline was actually pretty engaging in a good way. Where a lot of times we do have a few storylines that fall flat, where others are like super high stakes and a lot of fun. Everything was just like pretty good in this episode, yeah. and and a lot of jokes. We love when it's a joke heavy episode too. Um, but otherwise, um, everyone besides maybe like Bart had a good episode. So I, I gotta go B plus here. And even his his wasn't that 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 bad. I think the, so whoever had, who had the worst episode was people that were off screen, like uh, Nate's mom. Yeah, so, exactly. B plus for me. Yeah, maybe I should have went off screen for my LVP. That would have been a good idea because I was I was struggling like you were too. I, th- uh, I thought about it, but yeah. But before we yeah. get into that, let's get into the MVPs. Um, and I really wanted to give this to Eric because he is once again the voice of reason and is honestly the glue that holds yeah. the family together. And he got a new boyfriend who seems very nice. But, but. A little fake out here. My heart belongs to Serena in this one. She realized immediately that yeah. these new rules were bullshit and she took a stand. I will always love a teen rebelling against her bullshit parents. And Serena has a lot of great moments in this episode because of it. Uh, Chaotic Serena is my favorite Serena and I've been high on her again the last few episodes. So, uh, And she's also still very charming and has a nice heart-to-heart with Dan in this one. And her like scenes with Blair where she's teasing her about Chuck, also very charming. And we get the revelation that uh, Serena pretty much raised Eric all those years. So good for her on that. So uh, I'm giving it to Serena. Uh, Slifer, where, well where are you going with your MVP? Uh, you know, I, I was torn between Chuck and Serena, so I'm going to have to give it to Horace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got me there. My man. Uh, I knew it. I, I think that it was just so wholesome how he treated Chuck, and Chuck's clearly used to some negative energy in his life and being manipulated and things like that. So when he finally had some wholesome, positive energy in his life, it was such a positive response. Yeah. And... To be honest, having not seen other parts of the series, I don't know that uh, there are many characters that could give Chuck such a big change. So I'm going to go with Horace. I mean, that that Excellent. is that is great. A Horace well MVP point here. And you have to assume that Horace is probably going to finish the series in the positives now because I can't see Horace getting an LVP from, from anyone I in, a, in future <laughs> episodes. <laughs> um, all right, Brendan, where's your MVP going? Uh, well, if, if you were going to give... Serena the MVP. I was gonna give Eric the MVP and vice Great. versa. I'm so, so yeah, Eric okay. takes it home. Glad you were what thinking a, that. What a duo of siblings. Yeah, we we got to take care of the Vanderwoodsons here. They had an all time episode. Even Lily like, being like the enemy to Serena today still wasn't bad. Um, and plus, like she had those glasses on, so like no matter what she did, she couldn't do no, no wrong in my eyes. Um, <laughs> my twenty twenty eyes, by the way. Great vision. And to be um, to be clear, this is an MVP for Eric, not Lily, right? Because uh, you really so. just so went on a topic. tangent about Lily. 
<laughs> and about how good my eyesight is for some reason. <laughs> hey, I got a um, 2015 eyesight. Or is it 15? Oh, really? I don't, I don't know what I am, but... I think it's 2015. Think, great ear. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, good. Eric is just like... Whenever he opens his mouth this episode, I'm like, this guy fucking rocks. I, I agree, and I love... I'm so happy that Eric got one from you, because if you gave one to Serena also, I might have had to like change it and give it to Eric myself. So glad we were thinking along similar lines there. Glad Horace oh, also yeah. got in the mix. A, a great... Name a better trio, I'll wait, between <laughs> Eric, Serena, and Horace. <laughs> um, hopefully next week we get a Horace and Vander Woodson subplot. Um, all right. LVP. As I said, LVP, really tough. Uh, there wasn't really anyone who had a terrible episode. Like, I was prepared to give it to your girl Lilial episode, Brandon, but uh, she really comes around don't by the dare. end of it, so I kind of don't want to yeah. now. Uh, like, her apology was sincere, and it looks like they all, like, love each other for now. Uh, Dan overstepped a little, but his heart was in the right place, and he ends up, you know, helping Nate out at the end. Uh, the Chuck and Blair stuff is weird, because they both kind of, like, if you're thinking of, like, who lost the episode, they both kind of come out as losers. Like, Chuck is a tough episode, but he's really trying, and I don't want to punish him. And I could give it for Blair because, like, she loses here. Like, she had the power position yeah, in this time. relationship the whole time, and now she doesn't. And, like, and she also has what she wants right in front of her, and all she has to do is say those three words, eight syllables, but she can't do it. But also I get why Blair's conflicted here. So I so I don't want to give it to her either. So all that, like, all this big preamble, all that to say, I think I'm going to continue my streak of dad LVPs and give it to Bart again. Not... Not right. even for the Lily and Serena stuff, but for that one scene he has with Chuck where he is so yes. needlessly cruel to him and continues to pretty much tell his son that he's a disappointment and a failure. So fuck him for that. He's going to get my LVP yep. here. Uh, Slifer, what do you think? Hard agree on on the entire thing. Uh, you didn't even have to clarify why you gave it to him. I understood. Bart, total LVP. Yep. Just that one scene with Chuck was so over the top and unnecessary hated him from that moment on all right i'm glad we're in the hand-holding club here brendan what do you yeah. have to say i you know i didn't want to copy gagan but don't if we're all gonna pile on i might as well just do it let's just give a three-way lvp for bart a clean sweep for bart the on, we're the all in the whole clear, hand-holding club sorry yeah, I'm he, he had the only clear bad episode just like that one scene really really gives it the lvp is that him just being a terrible terrible father is just like you know unforgivable and nobody else uh was bad enough to trump this yep a uh, a clean sweep for Bart. That is, uh, you know, sorry, sorry to Bart, but you shouldn't have been such an asshole to Chuck in this episode. So, yeah. With that being said, let's get into our final segment. Of course, it's Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And as I was complaining to Brendan and Slifer before we started recording, there were so many good three-person scenes in this episode and the only one i could find quotes for was the scene between uh chuck vanessa and horace in the speakeasy so that is the one we are going to be doing just because it is so much easier than uh trying to manually transcribe a scene myself so sorry for being lazy and not giving a, a you know perhaps one of the better scenes but you know this is what we're doing sorry sorry that's, to what, everyone. that's all right all right. I'm they, excited they are, for it. I think the, the fans so, get off more on the acting itself and not so much the Oh, yeah, they get off on the acting, all right. Uh, they better. Slifer, <laughs> I, I know you're a big Horace guy. Would you like to play Horace in our uh, recreation? I oh, would please. be honored. Honored. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. And I was going to say... A.K.A. Chuck Cooper? I was going to say... A.K.A. <laughs> Chuck Cooper. <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> Brendan, I know you're a big Chuck boy, but that would leave me with Vanessa, which is really disheartening. But I'm sorry, I think I I gotta be. Chuck. It's, uh, it's, it's one of us has to be Vanessa, more. so I guess it'll have to be me, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, Slifer, you're starting us off whenever you're ready. All right, <clears throat> three, two. Nope. That's my broadcasting <laughs> voice. Three, two, <laughs> one. 
This our guy? Horace Rogers, meet Chuck Bass. Man, come here. Look at that outfit. Didn't know it could be worse than the one this morning. Kidding. I know Seville Row when I see it. Joe Kennedy taught me. You knew Joe Kennedy? Used to come in here all the time. Had a girl up the street. I was nine years old, selling papers out front. Rumor has it, he kept this place in booze during Prohibition. So, you like old Joe? Rum runner, womanizer, millionaire. He was my kind of guy. They all used to come back here in the day. Gangsters, fighters, musicians, dangerous folks, no doubt. They had style. And something tells me you'd fit right in. That's possibly the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Hey guys, I'm still here too. I'm just going to make my bed in the back here. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have fun over there. <laughs> I didn't realize I was only going to get one line in that one. But bed. man, yeah, another, I didn't realize either. <laughs> another great scene. Everyone is cheering. And I think um, if the listeners didn't already know, I think it is clear that you had a starring role in the Al- University at Albany production of Legally Blonde, the musical. Uh, you, really, your, your acting chops as Kyle, the UPS oh, guy, yeah. really showing in this scene. <laughs> I got to say, that is uh, the biggest role that I've ever had. And That's huge. I mean,. It was more important than being on TV every day, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. what a humble brag at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And good use of humble brag. That actually was, in fact, yeah, humble brag. Not... Some people use it as just like a brag. Exactly. But... No, it was yeah. a humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So that's it for our segments. Let's get into some plugs and let's get out of here. Michael Slifer, it's great to hear from you. It's been a while since we've chatted. So uh, thank you again for coming onto the podcast, even though you had never seen an episode of the show. I'm sure your girlfriend is also very proud of everything you were able to accomplish in these two hours. Uh, Before you go, (laughs) though, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Uh, Yeah, my only plug is to listen to the Lonely Boys podcast. But if you already are, you could uh, check me out on Twitter, Mike Slifer WX. I post a lot about weather and sometimes about um, cars. It's really about it. How did I know you were going to plug the weather? (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know thanks for doing that too but we we have not been plugging our own podcast enough so appreciate that. <laughs> that's true now people will know <laughs> to listen yeah so yes yeah, i'll say uh check out this show if you're not already listening and um check out the happy boys pod where we recently just recorded uh an episode with matt gagan for malt madness hey. he covered the light beer bracket where we um put up eight light beers against each other and came out with the winner on top and uh, check that out it's probably uh, maybe a month old or so at this point uh, but it was a fantastic time and he is an all-star and he'll be back for the finale of that month so he'll no be back spoilers. Uh, twice in one month so it's always a good time to hear some crossover when, on this network here uh, but check that out absolutely that was a lot of fun i was gonna plug that myself but i knew that you also would so um oh yeah That's let's see what do i have to plug uh stay inside don't go outside fuck the weather who who needs it <laughs> um, i've always been pretty anti-weather which <laughs> i could do a slight breathe yeah when there is breeze, weather it's but bad. anything else yeah that's that sucks uh and while you're inside of course watch sex lives of college girls um brendan you're going to love it once you start. Slifer, you'll also love it. Watch Sex, Lies of College Girls on HBO. All right. It's a great show. I'll check it out. Also, before we got on here, I just watched the uh, finale of The After Party, which was a uh, great yes, first season. It's just been renewed for a second season. Tiffany Haddish Thank will be God. back with a new cast. Very excited for that. So, Slifer, you can also awesome. watch The After Party on Apple TV+, Plus, as can anyone else. So, she's the only returning cast yeah. member in there. I guess you have to have a new um, right. group of murderers. Yeah. Okay. I, I also, <laughs> a fun a fact, I, I called the killer. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I famously I don't try to solve mysteries, so I just um, did not call them uh, 
the killer and I was surprised and I you know what I shouldn't say anything else because I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> but right. I, was I wasn't trying to it just, it just came so easily to me that I just like you know this is who it is okay smart boy yeah no it was just like <laughs> me and Nicole would talk after each episode like oh you know so who do you think it is just like as fun fun foreplay before the evening <laughs> began and uh, <laughs> you know um, talking to murderers always gets us going also of course follow me on twitter at maddiefresh24 follow brendan at ruppy puppy follow the hoppy boys at the hoppy boys pod slifer has already given you his twitter handle um so follow all of us there uh and you know that's all i got uh, as for you know ev- everyone else just come back here we'll be talking next week season two episode eight with uh with another special guest uh, what's the episode called? Pret a Porge? Sorry, forgive me for forgetting that. What a what a title that is. Um, but uh, until then, you know you love us. XOXO, lonely boys. Lonely boys. Bye bye. Where's my hat? Where's my hat? Where's my hat?